This is John Bailey, the epic voice of Honest Trailers, and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. It's a fangirls podcast with five-ish people. The tangents and squee will continue. Squee. Just as we continue all the way to episode 430 of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. And warning, earworms will dig into your brain with this episode. We are not responsible for any damage that may ensue. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. So glad to join us. Let's start off like a Derek with a virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. hello. Hey, everyone is doing well. Eh, can't complain too much. Yeah. It's a Monday. So. Yeah. Hey, for Nick and Holly and I, it's good because Inter Milan won the yep. match today. So, yeah. nice two and zero shutout. Yeah. <laughs> Though the other team, they it was they tried a last ditch effort in the last five yeah. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I caught the like, highlights. Yeah, like, like suddenly oh. they remembered how to play football in the last five minutes, yeah. but it was five minutes too <laughs> late. So. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah. So I think so, our guys are tired by the end because, like, at the half, yeah. when they when they went to the ha- the break at the half, Inter had controlled had controlled the ball for seventy percent of the first half. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is usually how they play best i i mean i don't Mm -hmm. have the numbers to back it up but just from all the matches i watched last season generally when inter has majority control of the ball they do fairly well so that i think this is a good example of that so i don't know what the percentage was by the end of the game but 70 percent just in the first half and they scored twice in the first half so there you go but they were probably tired, especially considering they added five minutes to the end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Cagliari wouldn't even gotten a chance if they hadn't added those five minutes. At the end. So. Anyway, go, 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 footy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. Related. I mean, I'll talk about popcorn here in a little bit, but I. And stop a, a, a uh, the the established facts booth to say hi to the the people that were there and one of their friends and I don't I didn't catch the guy's name but he was wearing a a soccer jersey I don't know what club it was it was red all I know is it said Fly Emirates on the front and I jo- I said jokingly how many te- how many professional soccer teams are not sponsored and have the words Fly Emirates on their jersey. He's, he's like uh, not a lot actually but, yeah exactly yeah i, I think pretty much emirates the majority of every single a lot of football clubs. Emirates. yeah 
<laughs> no. And I mentioned it, I was like, well, my club, we're sponsored by Paramount Plus. So yeah. he's or like, Pirelli oh. tires, if yeah. Serves. yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, who's that? I'm like, Inter Milan. He's like, oh, I'm an AC Milan fan. I'm like, really? Like Ooh. the one person that I could I can meet randomly at a convention right. that also I mean, there's a lot of soccer fans out there. That's understandable. But what are the odds I would come across the person who is a fan of our arch rivals? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll follow I'll follow the Spain football, and then I'll have Inter Milan. Yeah, that's the but, other thing. He, he said he's also a, a fan of uh, Barcelona. So. He did uh, he did uh, uh acquiesce to the fact that AC Milan is very hit and miss with how they play. So uh-huh. He he does understand that you know it's not it's not all sunshine and roses over over at uh, the other other Milan <laughs> football club, but still. Uh but I think that was hilarious. I'm like, what are the odds that I would come across somebody who's a fan of AC Milan? <laughs> so. Yeah. Can you tell I'm stalling because really all the news we have is 10 o'clock news? Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's I'm just sitting here nodding and I'm just thinking, okay, NFL looking at the Google Doc going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't, we I mean, can't I could, go down I can sit here. route again, though. We yeah, probably well, could. you know, you know, I, I could get on, I can get on a little bit of a soapbox regarding, regarding the Lions. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you really look good, by the way. The Packers are looking good. See, I'm one of those backup quarterbacks who... and the yeah. and the starting quarterback and our kicker. Holy cow! His brother went for three yards longer on a different team. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm a happy Packer fan. Good, good. See, I'm one of those weirdos that see growing up, like we all watch my family. We all watched NFL. And we also watched NBA, but it was always the Jazz because they were our they were our guys that you know they're local. But in, in mm-hmm. football, American football lets us differentiate. NFL, you know, we everybody had their own teams, and I really didn't end up with one. It was the Colts for a while because I really liked Peyton Manning, but and then I really liked Andrew Luck, and then Jim Mercy pissed me off because he's such a. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> he can't. He can't. I would I wouldn't trust him to run a hot dog stand. Nope. <laughs> Not to say nothing of a professional football team. But anyway, I'm actually but my dad's my dad's team is the Detroit Lions because his uncle played for them in the 1930s for three oh, years. Oh, cool! And my and yeah, and my dad and my and my uncle Jack, well, his uncle Jack, really close. Like my dad, he he never his grandparents all passed away before he was born. So Uncle Jack was kind of his grandpa, and like. You know, he would they talk about football, they do all these things, but he, he but and 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 dad actually met some of his um his teammates because they because he invited them out here to to like to the ranch for you know cookout and meet people and so my dad is like hanging out with these retired professional football players. It's awesome. So dad's been a Lions fan since he was tiny. The Lions, if you know anything about the NFL, have not had the greatest of and they're like sort of these hard luck losers for years. I mean, they've had they've had flashes of brilliance, but it's just been so depressing uh, and everything. But now we now everybody's overhyping them because they've got a good coach, they've got a good quarterback. They you know they've actually had some success last year. They uh, 
they almost made it to the playoffs, and here we must curse out Seattle once again. I hate them for lots of reasons, but that was one of them. So, so I, I, I am, I am cheering for Jordan Love on the Packers because mm-hmm. I, I, Packers are one of our teams. They were my grandma's team, uh, and my sister she cheers for them. But I'm also pulling for the Lions because I'm like, come on, come on, just, just for my dad, just have a really good season. I'm not asking for the Super Bowl, but then I've got all these people over here saying the Lions are gonna totally make the Super Bowl. I'm like, guys, stop it! Stop trying to jinx them because if you overhype yourself and you get too cocky, you end right. up with what the Denver Broncos did last year. Yeah. Uh, look up on YouTube the worst, the new, 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 new worst game I've ever seen. YouTube <laughs> channel Desperate Sports. It's hilarious. The poor guy. Uh, just dying every week over how bad his team was after they were supposed to be amazing, and they weren't. So I am pleading with the media, the NFL, anybody else who might be listening, who probably isn't, who needs to be, shut up about the Lions. Stop stop hyping them up, because if you hype them up, they're going to suck, because I am superstitious mm-hmm. that way. So there, there's my... There, I, I, I stalled a little more for you. <laughs> yes. I know how this goes. I have been a I have been a sports fan in one form or another my entire life, and I know how this goes, people. Yeah, you all just need to learn the hard lessons, I guess. Just don't talk smack until you you talk trash after you kick everyone's butt. That's when yes. you talk trash. Yes. Mm-hmm. To paraphrase Han Solo, don't get cocky, kid. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I have learned this from hard experience because there was one year I talked trash about our, our University of Utah BYU rivalry and and I was all over that and BYU actually won and I had to eat crow. I I talk I talked smack one year to some Cardinal fans when the Packers had to face them back to back and the first game was a pretty much a cakewalk for us and then yeah, yep. second game. Guess who really showed up to play and huh? who had to eat crow? Who? Uh, yeah, it, you know, you gotta, you, got, you gotta, gotta be careful around those those quote unquote yeah. cupcake teams because you never know when they're gonna Woo-hoo. show up and kick your butt just because you weren't paying attention and you were looking. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, you 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 don't overlook people. Yeah, but mm. yeah, I'm just like. I'm I'm not loving this overhyping of the Lions because I'm like, guys, yeah. please don't do that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This isn't how this works. No. I've seen this movie already. I know how it ends. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't and like it's it. only going to end in like tears it. and pain. So much pain. <laughs> yes. So I'm just I'm just kind of like, hey guys. <laughs> Do well. Just do well. Do your best. That that's all mm-hmm. I'm asking. And I, I think they will. I I mean, I'm not asking for the moon. I'm just saying, show up and do your best. And yeah. we'll see. But yeah, I just I kind of I enjoy watching. I enjoy the rivalries. There are some teams I really like. There's players I really like. Mm-hmm. I want to see do well. I mean, I mean, I never thought I never thought I would ever. Uh, I I'd ever look forward to a Bengals game, but Joe Burrow is a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah. So anyway, 
there's our sports ball chit chat. Yeah. Yeah. While we while we avoid talking about our ten o'clock news. Yeah. Well, let's pull this <laughs> the the bandaid off. So yeah. Yeah. So um Arlene Sorkin, you may not know her name, but if you grew up watching Batman the Animated Series, you know her voice. Because she is the, the OG Harley Quinn. So for people that don't know, Harley Quinn is not from the comics. She was made up for the cartoon in the yep. 90s. And at first she wasn't even going to have a name because she was only supposed to appear in one episode. She was just supposed to be like quirky Joker's henchwoman. Um, and the character took off. And here we are yeah. all these years later. And, you know, I just came from a comic convention and there were several Harleys of various forms. So I even have a Harley-esque inspired cosplay myself. So, Um, but yeah. Arlene Storkin, she is the one who brought the OG Harley Quinn to life. Mm -hmm. That's so... I mean, thank. I mean, we 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 have her. We have her work. It, her legacy is intact, very much so. It is sad that she's she is a passed away, age sixty seven, which is, you know, relatively young. Mm-hmm. All things considered, um, I'm just trying to see. Yeah, it just says her. No, no details have been made. Like why, why you know she is sick or or anything yeah. like that. Just she has passed away and. And um, uh, Mark Hamill, who, other than you know being Luke Skywalker, was also the voice of some say the definitive voice of the Joker in, mm-hmm. in that same uh, uh, Batman animated series, and, he, and has uh, done the Joker several times since. So yeah, yeah. Where there's Joker, there is a Harley Quinn. So, uh-huh. so, uh, so he's uh, or no, this is this is a, a quote from the. 2021 but uh he just says that uh we're it says i'll never forget hearing arlene voice for the first time we were all knocked out by her performance and knew we were was witnessing greatness thank you mm-hmm. arlene from your joker <laughs> so yeah so that's yeah it's it's unfortunate but thank goodness yeah. we had her for as long as yeah. we did yeah it's a shame that we've lost both, like, our definitive, like, you know, for us 90s kids, mm-hmm. you know, that were born in the 80s, but, you know, our strongest childhood memories are from the 90s, is yep. we've lost Batman and now Harley Quinn from the animated yeah. series, so. I know. It's like. That kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm kind of realizing, I'm like, oh, goodness, yeah, this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, speaking of of childhood, holy cow! Yeah, well, this oh one, yeah. This one is. You know what? I is there's it, been it, a couple of hoaxes, but this yes, one was, uh, what was yeah. for real? Well, um, and, and the the even even like if it was anybody else, I think the jokes would be in bad taste. But obviously, as we've seen with like his appearances mm-hmm. and like happy gilmore and stuff he had a sense of humor mm-hmm. so i think the Absolutely. fact that the the running joke of he made it to 99 without going over yes yep so this is this i think is he would Parker. laugh at he would appreciate it yeah. so. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the tribute pack that is chicken noodle soup yeah. and 
than the saltine crackers. It's just like, yeah. It was like, oh, you know. Yeah. Yep, you know, like, you know, fewer ever homesick as a kid. Yep. Bob Parker, host of, I don't know if he was even the first host of The Price is Right, but he was the longest running and yes. retired. I guess 10 years. I mean, he retired quite a while ago. I now, I mean, I still feel like it hasn't been that long. Oh, okay. He stepped down in June 2007. Jeez, it doesn't yeah. really seem that long. Wow. And, you know, and Drew, Drew Carey, he, he does a good job. I, I'm not, oh, yeah. not going to say that. But, like, when I was little, like, like Lottie's age, maybe even a little bit younger, I watched The Prices, right? All mm-hmm. the time. Oh, yeah. And, and I and I would and I would tell my mom like she and then come in and like mommy I'm watching Barker and, <laughs> and so that was just my thing was I watched it I annoyed I didn't really get it until I was older and then you know as you get older you go to school and then you can only watch it on sick days or during the summer time mm-hmm. but it's just like I don't know he's like he's just one of those it was like you said it's you know you're sick at home it's chicken noodle soup and saltines and and you watch Price is Right. And just make sure well, you turn it off before all those soap operas come on. Yeah. Yeah, really. And, and, you, and, you, and you got pretty good at guessing the manufacturer retail price for things. I know. <laughs> I mean, it was like some some years later, I was I caught it. I was like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's gotten so much more expensive. And it's not like I don't go grocery shopping and I don't know these things. But right. I'm like, dang, I remember I could guess like, you know, a can of soup was 99 cents. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. But yeah, although I mean, the funniest memory I have is actually I was in high school. Um, I think I must have been a junior, or maybe I was a sophomore. But there were there were there were these these uh, these girls who were seniors, and they had gone to California on a trip, and they actually gotten tickets. Oh, um, cool! To prices right, and one of them they were like, like twin sisters. They and one of them got on got on on stage. And up there, and she actually won a trip to Sweden. Oh, <laughs> and, neat! And and the whole school, like the day that her episode aired, they gave everyone permission, like, "Hey, we're all gonna watch this." Oh, so neat! Cool. Watch the prices right that day because someone from our school was was on the show. Cool. And it was That's it hilarious. was really cool. I know. It was like, yeah, it was like I think the game she played, she had to like match two things that had the same price what was that thing called? oh jeez oh, so there, there's a lot of them but it's just yeah like, like it's so funny like you know when you have plinko and you know you spin the wheel and a brand new uh, car and just how yeah. crazy everybody would get mm-hmm. i remember the mountain climber mountain climber yep yep <laughs> Or you know, anytime they brought out the the, the car games, was, uh, oh yeah, golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you know, it, it's like, it's just and it's like if you ever watch Game Show Network or you know, yes. any, any of those old game shows, you're like, okay, I see where this style came from, but it was just kind of a time capsule for the longest time of of, a, of an era when you know that's what game shows were, and like mm-hmm. all of those other ones are kind of. We don't have them anymore, or you know, now they're like all flashy and light, bright lights, whatever. And now, nah, Price is Right, it's still just that. I mean, it, it, there's some been some upgrades since it's not as obviously, but it's still kind of that shag carpet, skinny microphone type of thing. Mm-hmm. Come on, and I think, down, I, yeah, come on down. And I don't, you know, even though you know, Bob Barker he retired and now he's passed away, I don't think that 
any of that is really like like that image that that feel that atmosphere of that show is never gonna is never gonna you know go away no because of everybody no. everybody still kind of associates with them yeah, I mean the I, the the only thing that changes with the prices, right, is the price of stuff, and that's just because yeah. inflation. Yeah. So that's about yeah. the only yeah. thing that does yeah, change. Yeah, ever go back and watch watch an and, old old episode, and it's like yeah, twenty five cents, and you're like, I'm gonna go back there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and if you have if you've never seen it, I don't know what streaming network you know uh, app it's on at the moment. But there is a documentary about a guy who he made it all the way to the the showcase showdown and mm-hmm. guessed the exact oh wow price because up to that point the prices right had been essentially you have the same prizes over and over and over right. so people learned what the prices were. So he was just able to do the math in his head and he managed to guess the exact prices since then like prices right is trying to like change up the types of prizes that they give away so it makes it a little harder mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah but there's a documentary they, they he was accused of cheating and all these things and it's it's kind of wild for something you know well, as innocuous as prices like- right <laughs> to I, mean, okay, be- I know i know what the answer is now i need to guess like amy like a hundred to hundred dollars under that or something like maybe not right exactly yeah i and i I remember correctly i think there was like one like one price where he wasn't entirely sure on so he did kind Mm -hmm. of guess but and i i don't remember if that was the case then and i don't remember if it's the case now but it used to be that if you got within like a hundred dollars i think in your it, showcase, it was hundred dollars. Yeah, if you got within hundred dollars, yeah. later they changed it to two fifty. But okay. it, I can, I do. You know, in all the years I watched, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, a guru or anything, and I haven't actually watched it in a long time. But I think I've only seen it happen like less than ten times. Yeah, but I have seen it happen, and it is kind of it is nuts. That means yeah, yeah they they went both showcases, which is yeah. And I'm like, and like, I that first time I saw it, like, because you know, Bob would always go over the rules. And it's like, if you're within a hundred dollars, you know, then it changes. You automatically win both. <laughs> so. You automatically win both. And I was like, oh, that's exciting. What does that mean? And then it happened, like, oh, that's what that means. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> it was just part of the, part of the, I don't want to say part of the script, but it was just kind of part of, part of the show is just that these are the yeah. things that Bob said about the yeah. show about the games about all the things that they were doing and he just yep. had it i'm sure he had it memorized i mean that's kind of part oh, of the yeah. job as, as the host and it's just the way that they say these things and just there's a cadence to it and it's just very like you said very familiar and comfortable it's like mm-hmm. okay, i understand this and that's like that's what game show hosts back in the day and even some today were you know supposed to be Mm-hmm. They're kind of guiding the people through this game and the price is right was unique and like you had all these different games that they had, had all these different ones so it wasn't the same one every time i mean there were obviously the favorites and the ones that were like really exciting like plinko yeah yeah to the point where 
people made have made their own plinko boards and you can play it at like your county fair or yeah. you have one at the library we use it some of our, i mean but there's plenty if you're if you're, you're a fan of cash yeah if you're a fan of uh red letter media they play plinketto yeah to pick terrible movies to watch <laughs> so oh wow <laughs> yeah but it's it's just like I, I heard it i heard it described once it's like well if, if you know if they're playing a game you don't like wait a few minutes they'll play they'll, they'll be doing something else mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of that's what's that's what uh just kind of made it go as long and always always when someone gets a dollar on the wheel mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just so fun to watch people. Thousand bucks and an extra spin. Mm-hmm. And then if they get, if they get on the on the green or the they the green, they get an extra was it five thousand. And if they get, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, get land on the dollar again, they get an extra ten thousand for a total of eleven thousand. And everybody gets jumped up and like, yay! It's really exciting. So I'm like, I, I like people are so crazy on that show, but I'm like, would I be any different if I were up there, you know, playing the game, spinning the wheel, and just be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Nope. So anyway, so so yeah, and then you know, although I did see, you know, when the news hit that he, that, that uh, Bob Barker had passed, a lot of people were posting the clip from uh, um, Happy Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore? I always yep. call it Happy Madison. I'm like, no, 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 that's the production. Those are two different Adam Sandler movies that you just combined. Uh. Yes, well, well, that's his production company. Like, if you ever see, you're watching an Adam Sandler movie, and it's, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's produced by Happy Madison. But yeah, it's Happy Gilmore is the movie. And uh, yeah. there's a scene where he's golfing with Bob Barker. A lot of people have probably seen it, and they end up, like, punching each other out. Oh, so, Barker kicks Sandler's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, Bob's got some favorite, moves. He's pretty spry. Yeah. yeah. My my favorite my favorite tweet I saw was somebody's like he's up there throwing punches with the best. Yes, yes. But yeah, all of the all of the jokes, all of the the ribbing about you know the closest to a hundred without going over, and mm-hmm. you know all of that. It's all it's all in good fun and love and mention mention of he would he okay. would think it's funny yeah he's kind of like he was not maybe you know he's kind of like betty white in that it was just sort of this iconic older personality that that we all knew and kind of you know had this this level level of comfort with kind of like you know your your grandpa or your uncle mm-hmm. or something like that that's just like you're just there and you're 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 glad and you're you're happy and now and then it was just it's sad that they're gone but mm-hmm. holy cow what a life mm-hmm. so yeah so it's, it's it's more a celebration of yeah you're sad that you're gone but goodness you lived <laughs> we are glad that you were here and we're glad that you were here so yeah don't forget to get your pet spayed or neutered yeah <laughs> Although how many? Oh dogs? my! A great yep. dog. Yep. Oh, move on to some. Right. Yeah, move on to some slightly happier things. Uh, we did get a, a couple of, of trailers slash teasers 
which I didn't even, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was just, you know, generally surprised to see that they're already, uh, we're already getting our third Perot Agatha Christie adaptation with Kenneth Branagh playing, you know, everyone's favorite mustachioed detective Hercule Perot. Because uh, we got Murder on the Orient Express and then mm -hmm. Death on the Nile, and now we're getting a Haunting in Venice. Uh, so, uh, again, a very star studded cast uh, because that's how they roll with these movies. Uh, mm -hmm. But I love Kenneth Branagh in this role. He's so good. <laughs> so... And, and li libraries everywhere are scrambling to buy extra copies of the book because, holy cow, people are going to descend upon us and want to read it. Yeah, because I don't know how well known this one is. Compared, yeah, one, Obviously, Orient Express is the most well known. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but I don't know how, you know, as, as, as they go on, as far as popularity and recognition goes, um, considering, I mean, yeah, it, it, and there's a, a lot. yeah, well, yeah, just with Perot, there is a lot of yeah. material, so they, you know. Yeah, as long as these movies keep, uh, well, you know, other, yeah. other circumstances, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think. You know, if they, I guess, if they wanted to go through her entire catalog and make these movies, or at least you know the, the Poirot ones, mm -hmm. although maybe they will spin off into Miss Marple. Who knows? But that that would be a good uh, idea. I think so. Yeah. I, th I think I think it but might not be a bad bad idea to introduce Miss Marple to a broader audience because not everybody either watched. Yeah. You know, like the mini series or series adaptations on, depending on where you live, either the BBC or your local PBS station. Uh, Correct. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Agatha Christie is still widely read today. Yeah, so well, everybody not, loves why, a why everybody not? loves a good murder mystery. I think that's why no. shows like Only Murders in the Building is you know doing yes. as well as it is, considering well, it, you know, it's I've not a big flashy TV show. So. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed because um, uh, Murder She Wrote is on uh, Tubi mm -hmm. or Freebie, mm -hmm. one of those. It's one of on those. there, and I'm like, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's it's one of the, the free the free subscription or not not subscription, but you know, free streaming thing. Streaming, can, you know, yeah. streaming. Yes, I can talk. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I noticed that, and I'm like, hey, I was watching that a little bit, and like, dang, this is really good. I mean, I was little when it was on, but I'd watch. I'd watch bits and pieces of it with my grandma, and I'm like, mm -hmm. "Oh wow, yeah!" I'm like, "This is that diagnosis murder." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that that one too. So, yeah, yeah I so, got. I love me a good murder mystery. So, mm -hmm. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, to I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally down for yeah. If the you know Kenneth Branagh wants to keep keep doing it why not so yep. why not? It's, it, yeah it, it's definitely one of those yeah. roles that he is like he could he could do that for a long time uh mm -hmm. and i would be here for it because he he just <laughs> really really well so uh so there is that um again speaking of the 90s we're going back people it's been a while but we're going back it's a good burger. Home with a good uh, burger. Can I take your order? 
Oh my goodness. All that was my show and it was on. Uh it was the, the Nickelodeon kid equivalent of Saturday Night Live. Yes. All that so, yes. Yeah. yeah. I loved oh, me some all that and you know, iconic skits. Just like SNL, they have some uh, you know, skit recurring skits that become yes. iconic, you know, church lady. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Wayne's World, um, yes, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and all that had the same thing. They had Good Burger, they had yep. Learn French with Pierre Escargot. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> then we had the li- Then there was the librarian skit. Yes. Yep. Bicycle Be repair quiet. man, 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 man. This is man, a library. Man. No talking. Yes. And she would. She would blow an air horn, or you know, bring in the. Yep. <laughs> Big brass yep. Um, yep. It was great. Yeah. So Good Burger. They they made a movie back in the day, of course, mm-hmm. you know, riding the hype. Um yep. but oh, they, Keenan uh, and Kel got their own show. Yes, yes, that too. Um, and then you know, Keenan went on to SNL of all things. Mm-hmm. So he went yep. from the kids SNL to actual SNL. Um, but he is uh he's finished his his tenure at SNL and is off doing other things, and that includes a sequel to Good Burger. So <laughs> oh the nostalgia. Oh, so yeah. Uh that's um, oh my goodness. It's like the minute I saw Kel as Ed, I'm like, uh yeah, I'm I'm 13 again. Uh this is awesome. <laughs> I'm a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. Because we're all dudes. Hey, I'm a dude. Yep. <laughs> we're all dudes, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is uh, that. Well, hopefully, coming to a theater near you at some point. <laughs> yep. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> over. Uh, yeah, over on our YouTube channel, we have a couple new videos for you to watch. So I, 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 I kept my promise to myself and got the Gen Con video up before PopCon. I was like, get the one video nice. done, the con one con video done before the next con. <laughs> so it is up. <laughs> uh, so you can. Yes, yeah, so you could go see the highlights from Gen Con. Um, and then it uh, also on our channel, if you're our Patreon supporter, uh, yeah, hopefully you got the, the notice that there is a, a new, uh, you know, Patreon thing for you on our Patreon. So our Patreon supporters got the full uncensored, unedited version of this it the, it's exactly how it came off of my phone so on our youtube channel y'all got the edited somewhat censored best i could considering it's really hard to censor language it could be really hard to censor language <laughs> well like, and considering who you were dealing with and two, considering uh, yeah yeah, so you this had is a my tough job there, girl. This is my segue into my recap of 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 indie popcon. Um, 
I mean, so, just what you were posting in chat beforehand. I'm just like, oh boy, this is going to yeah. be a fun ride. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was talking to Chelsea on the phone earlier, and I was trying to you know explain because it's like you know popcon, especially you know any really any con any other con I've done compared to Gen Con is a cakewalk as far as like energy expenditure. So mm-hmm. I don't feel nearly as run down as I did post Gen Con, but I'm still tired because it's still. You know, I still oh, walked. I, I think I, I checked my phone and I think I ended up walking like eight, nine miles over the three days. So not quite the same as, as Gen Con, but it was still quite a bit. Um, and it was a lot hotter this past weekend than it actually was during Gen Con. So that, that didn't help any. Um, so, uh, of course, I had a table, you know, repping the podcast, Five Australian Girls Gold Standard and Fangirls Get Back, our nonprofit uh i had uh you know stickers and stuff for anyone who wanted some to walk i had one point i had somebody be like why are you giving away stickers and i'm like because i have too many and i don't need them all and because (laughs) i can yeah because i can they're like good answer i'm like thank you uh (laughs) and so many people they've been like looking through it i'm like no if you want to take multiples please Take as many as you want. Don't feel like you just need to take one or two. If you see like five that interest you, take the five. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. I only have so many surfaces I can put stickers on. Even with my continuous refresh of water bottles, which the rant I talked to, you know, my issue with water bottles after Gen Con. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so even with buying new water ball water bottles, still there's only so many surfaces I can put stickers on. Um, so please take the stickers, and then I had candy left over too after name that geeky too, and so I'm like, take the candy too, please. Um, so yeah, so I had that. Um, obviously, business cards for both the podcasts. Um, I had the Duff Door with me, uh, and then I had our final raffle bundle um so uh some uh, a few of the pieces went into the uh, prize bags for name that geeky tune everything else went into the final raffle bundle um and um i i honestly thought clamonaise was going to be the attention getter having that sitting on the table when people walk by which it did occasionally I would see someone look that direction and you could kind of see in their face like what the heck is that and maybe they might stop and look again and I'm like yes it's jar mayonnaise because cards against humanity the wacky people that they are we love them love y'all cards against humanity thank you for thank you for supplying the 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 stuff for us to give away um but they like to really go outside the box when it comes to marketing they've done things where they've given people boxes that are full of glitter which you know you know glitter it's like sand it gets everywhere uh Mm -hmm. they've given people boxes of everything bagel seasoning loose in said box um they've given people money like you get a dollar from cards against humanity for doing the thing that they asked you to do. But in this case, they released what they call claminase. 
which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a giant jar of mayonnaise, but it's clam based. <laughs> so it's, 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 it, yes. Uh, so they worked with actual chefs to come up with a, a recipe for this, this clam based mayonnaise. So it's a uh, mayonnaise, which you'd, ex you know, the, the kind of stuff you'd expect in a mayonnaise base clam. I'm assuming juice. Um, right. Like a and garlic, something like that. Yeah, because there's no actual chunks of clams in there, as far as I know. There are chunks in it, but that is supposed to be the garlic. And if you go on the website, there are recipes, uh, suggestions of how to use it. I would not eat it, <laughs> personally. Uh, but it is food grade. It is safe for human consumption, but I would not recommend it, to be honest with you. Uh, but inside said jar is a packet of, of Cards Against Humanity cards in a food safe wrapper that they came up with so that the those packets of cards can sit in said jar mayonnaise for an undetermined amount of time and be safe for all parties involved so if you want the if you want the cards you're gonna have to reach in there and pull it out or be prepared to dump the jar mayonnaise into some sort of receptacle <laughs> So you can go online and see people's videos. Um uh and it's not it, it's not just a packet of cards, there's also an instant win card in there that instantly wins you a prize. So it's kind of like a cracker jack box, a very seafoody smelling cracker jack box. Instead of popcorn, you get chunks of garlic instead. Um, so I honestly thought that the the clamonase was gonna be the eye catcher. I was like, I'm gonna have this sitting at a table right in front of all the other all the other stuff in the bundle. And then when people walk by, they're gonna be like, What the heck is that? And hopefully stop and ask questions and maybe get a raffle ticket. And mm -hmm. I would say it ended up being probably 50-50. People got either clamonase got their attention or a hand-to-hand -hand wombat. <laughs> From our friends at Exploding Kittens <laughs> got people's attention. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So Friday, uh, you know, went set the table up. Um, you know, got got you know, got to, to know my my table mates around me a little bit. Um, it did. Um, I grabbed. Um, uh, that was the day I got my autograph. And photo with James Marsters. So that was a lot of fun. Lovely pick, by the way. Yes, isn't it? I told you I had a good idea. You sure did. <laughs> so I um, liked the idea. Yeah. Um, and he got to be the first person to autograph my new, uh, I guess, Doctor Who, you know, wall piece that I'm oh, going nice. to start collecting. I collect autographs on because my. As much as I would have loved to have him sign next to John Barrowman's name on my TARDIS poster that I've been using for like the last seven years to collect Doctor Who autographs on, that poster's been retired for travel. It, it can't take any more being rolled up and then rolled out and being signed and traveling and all that stuff. It's it's paper at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. And it can only be folded and bent and, you know, manipulated so many times before it's going to start falling apart. And there's way too much money in autographs on there for that to start falling apart. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't want to yeah. think about the 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 dollar amount of, of the signatures right. on there. Um, so I retired that after 
I got uh, Warwick Davis to to sign it. He was he was the last one, um, which is not a bad place to to stop. Uh, you know, no, <laughs> no. Warwick Davis, <laughs> good old yeah. porridge. Um, yes. So I was like, okay, well, I want to like keep getting something signed that's big enough that I can have multiple autographs on it. Because some people they do the photo ops and then they have the celebrity sign their photo. Which is fine, but that takes up space. Yes. And I don't always get a professional photo with everyone I get an autograph from. Um, so like my Power Rangers, you know, the Power Ranger autographs I get, they're all on the movie poster from the 95 movie. That sort of thing. The Marvel one, you know, the, the, that Marvel art piece that's got all the signatures on it. Um, so uh, I wanted, I needed something new because I'm not done collecting Doctor Who autographs, please. There's still a lot of people out there that I've not met yet. Um, and I just I was racking my brain, like what you know, I was looking on Etsy for possible like pieces of art or whatever. And I was like, duh, you've got a perfectly good painting that my sister-in-law painted for me as a present years ago that it's been hanging in my bathroom. Just, you know, getting steamy every time somebody uses a shower. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of sitting there. And I was like, it's not going to go back in the bathroom now. I'll find a new place to hang it. Um, but it's just this really cool kind, kind of abstract, you know, like space. And not it's not the full TARDIS. You just parted the TARDIS in the corner. Um, it's got glitter. It's all, you know, shiny and cool looking. Um, so, you know, I was like. This has got like some pretty good like open space on it. I'm gonna have people start signing this, and James was the first one to do it. So, um, and we had a nice chat about, uh, you know, his his character, Captain John Hart, and how he would like to come back on Doctor Who, and apparently Russell T Davies has told him that he can't because, uh, Captain Hart is too naughty of a character. Yeah. So. <laughs> i was like well they brought john back <laughs> like they brought Barryman back how's that any different he's like i don't know uh yeah he's like maybe they can't afford me i don't know <laughs> like well maybe that's the case um uh, so but he, 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 i was like well there's always big finish he's like yeah i've done like four for them i was like yeah mm -hmm. they're always getting my money uh i yes. love them but they are they're constantly getting my money um so, but yeah, we had a nice, nice little chat about uh, uh, the fact that he would like to bring Captain Hart back to to live action, but this is not going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. No. Um, oh, I would love for the Doctor to meet Toot Toot and him near yeah. Toot Toot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some fan fiction in there, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Plot tribbles. I have them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who are wondering who is Tutu Dresden Files. Look yes. <laughs> you would you would yeah, you know what? Uh the I I got in line and his line on Friday was not bad, which is good. Um mm -hmm. so but the people that I was in line with the act the, well, the two people that were directly in front of me were dressed as Crowley and Azir fell. <laughs> so we were talking nice. good omens pretty much the uh -huh. entire time but then the guy managing james's line saw them 
and we were talking about good omens and then somehow he brought up the they were talking about how what they know james from and at least here in indiana from what i heard of people talking um, most of the people know him as spike from buffy and angel that, yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's, yeah that's that's that's, that's what most people one. yeah but number two uh, probably torchwood Captain john torchwood three yeah. dresden me exactly is spike dresden captain john hart <laughs> yeah so for me it's it's captain john hart it's torchwood first and then the dresden files i've never watched buffy i mean i know who spike is right i know like what his relationship yeah. to buffy is and the drama that that's all involved i've just never actually watched buffy so you know, yeah, for I'm, me I'm it's torchwood and the dresden files so the guy that was managing the line there you know when they were like yeah we just know him from buffy and he was like okay there's this book series called the dresden files and i'm like yes, yes. Some people, if you like if you yeah. like buffy you will enjoy the dresden files yes 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 James yeah. narrates it and the, and the best thing is yeah it's like you you want to do the audio version so yes. you can oh, hear yes. james's narration so. oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's honestly because jared um jared and, and his brother were like huge dresden file fans and uh uh, yeah and we like we're and we're also into like uh, monster hunter international and there's a lot of overlap there because uh, jim butcher and larry korea are buds are right and so our fandoms mm -hmm. kind of cross pollinate um so you know we're all like oh yeah you got it you got it and so everyone's like you gotta do the dresden files and do the audiobooks and yeah that that's how i started that's how i i consumed the dresden files and mm -hmm. and yeah i've i've like cracked the books a couple of times to to read them but i'm like i gotta do the audiobook which you it's know, not the same. No, it's just not, not the same. It's not the same, and it, and it's not it's not anything against Jim Butcher's writing because he does he does a phenomenal job. I've read. Yes. I, I, oh I yeah, they're great. They're stuff. great stories. So yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. once you hear the audiobook, uh, it, it's just like yeah, this this is it. This is how you do it. This is, how you, even, this is how you consume these stories. Interview yeah. that he's amazed at how. James has actually interpreted a few of those lines that he's written. It's just mm -hmm. like, okay, that came across as a different way than what I intended, but it works. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm. and, yeah. yeah. And I know there was a Dresden Files TV TV show, and really, you have to treat that as its own thing. Its own yes. entity. It's just totally just like thing. the Outlander and TV series. Mm -hmm. that's it, it, it's, a, it's a variant. <laughs> yes, it's a variant. Yes. And Paul Black's doing great. He's, <laughs> yeah. He does a good job. But I'm like, okay, if you're ever going to do a proper Dresden Files show or movie or something, you gotta get James Marsters to play the character. Except he doesn't yes. look anything like Harry. I know Dresden, he doesn't though. look anything like Harry Dresden, but she's So if they're gonna do like a, a Dresden Files, like, you know, any sort of like, you know, production, okay, it almost needs to be an animation yeah. so yeah. that he can still do the voice. Right. Yeah. Although, or or if it's live like, action. James needs to do the voice of oh crud the skull Bob oh Bob Bob yeah. he needs to do Bob he needs to do Bob yeah <laughs> you know what? we'll just get James, we'll just get James to do all the characters but then again then that that just be the audio book yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> so go listen to the audio book he's already mm -hmm. done it 
Yeah. And yes, they have... even he even redid the one um, ghost story, which originally yes. was somebody else. And I think mm-hmm. it was because of a, a scheduling conflict. They, yeah. There was like the one originally they couldn't get James Marsters to do it, so it was somebody else. And actually, in story, it would make sense for based on what else. happened in the story because, previous. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Not not going into any spoilers. Right. But they did go back and have James Marsters redo that one. So There's enough of a revolt. Story. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There, 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 there are, yeah. there are two, are two versions of Ghost Story, and nothing against the guy that they, yeah. that they got. And when and when I got and when I got to Ghost Story, unfortunately, that was the version that I could get my hands on, and not the re-recorded yeah. version with James's voice. So the entire time, I'm like, "This is wrong, this is wrong." Yeah, and it's and it's just a matter of it, it's it's a different person. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So so there are two versions. If you can get the James Marsters one, obviously go with that. I think okay. I Maybe think that's the only version that's available now, unless your library has a copy of the other one, because I think that's the only one that Audible offers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's high, I I did it through my library, so I think that's that's probably what happened. Is that's the version my library had available? So. Oh yeah, so that that's weird because, like I said, if both are available, why not? I don't know. Don't ask me the ins and outs of Audible. Yeah, yeah. or I libraries mean, I, and 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 Libby. Or library. <laughs> well, Libby, uh, uh, it, it's not it's not the library. It's what Libby makes available, and also yes. what publishers make available. Because because any if you do eBooks or e audiobooks, you are at the mercy of what publishers allow. So it's, mm-hmm. I have this conversation with people all the time. They're like, well, why don't you have this and this and this and this in, in, in ebook? And I'm like, uh, I bet you it's something to do with the publishers. It won't mm-hmm. let them do it. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I had to guess, and my guess is pretty good on this one. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. Write and complain to the publishers because <laughs> they're the ones that have the most say, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just. Oh, I won't go. They do I don't want to go into another tirade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had this discussion multiple. And then times. they, yep. Yeah, and then they blame <laughs> they blame libraries. Like, why aren't we making money? It's those libraries as well. Just like, dude. Like, bitch, look at your own. Look at what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. like, what are you publishing? What are you spending money on? You may have you you, you go look in the mirror. Don't look at us. Mm-hmm. Insert Kermit sipping. You go, going Coco. Uh, <laughs> I have opinions, <laughs> as you all well know if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time. And by any length of time, I mean the last 45 minutes. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm on one today. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, oh. Continue. So, but yeah, so yeah, so guys, because it's Dresden Files. I was like, uh, you know, I was like, what can I do for photo? Because I don't necessarily want to do just like a, you know, hey, look at us. We're mm-hmm. temporary friends here in this photo. Um, you know, obviously I could have brought the duff door in, but it was like, mm-hmm. you know, and finally it came to me, I'm sure, like in the shower or something. And I was like, signs, signs? This could be fun. So because mm-hmm. Harry Dresden in the in the Dresden Files, he markets himself 
not just as a private eye, but as a professional wizard. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. And I have self-titled myself a professional nerd. So mm-hmm. I made signs, and, you know, if you're on our social media, then, you, then you've seen it, where I'm holding a sign that says professional wizard with an arrow pointing towards James, and then he's got a sign that says professional nerd with an arrow pointing towards me. Yes. So. <laughs> it was so funny. It's only going to be funny if you know the Dresden Files. And that's the yes. thing. So it's like, if you don't know the Dresden Files, you're going to be very confused, and I love it. Um, and the look on James's well, face was priceless. Uh, like, he yeah. got it. He, he understood the assignment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm sure, I mean... I'm He's sure like, the building is on fire, and it's not my fault. My fault, yes. <laughs> One of the I'm best sure lines of a book opening yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they, I, honestly, there's... I'm sure he loves. I'm sure he loves all his fans, but I'm. I don't. I wonder how many Dresden Files, you know, things that he gets to sign or. Well, or you know the 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 like photos. That. You know the the you know the the nice you know shiny eight by ten glossy photos that yeah. most celebrities have at the at tables at these types of things. He uh-huh. does have one of him in a recording booth. Oh, oh cool! Nice. So, yeah. Well, I mean, he's just got that nice buttery voice. Yes, oh, yes. So, you know. Yes. So I'm, I'm sure, but yes. And yeah, he's and he also, he's, like he's, also he's also a, he's also aging in a graceful silver fox kind of way too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a reason I had James as Spike on posters hanging up in my dorm room when i went to college <laughs> yeah he he's not blonde he's not blonde anymore no uh, but it still looks good so oh, yeah. and i have and i have buffy to thank for me getting into the dresden files because one of the buffy magazines on the back actually advertised the audiobook of the first wow. harry dresden and i'm just like Ooh. Well, I think I had the paperback sitting because I thought because they had kind of like, you know, another Harry, you know, another wizard Harry, but not Harry, not yep. Harry Potter. And then mm-hmm. so I had the paperback You're a wizard and, Harry. <laughs> yeah. And then what and sold like, me the was when the audiobook came out and they advertised it on the back of the Buffy magazine. I'm like, okay, he's narrating it. I'm buying and it. I can't remember, but done. that one was. Yeah, it was done because I I have the CDs of Stormfront floating around somewhere, but it was. It, I had to go through like a different small shop in mm-hmm. order to get said audio CD. It was the kids yeah. back in the day. We had this thing called books on tape. Oh, that yep. too. Yeah. CDs, books, and tape. And then, they went, and then they went to CDs. Mm-hmm. And luckily, oh, the yeah. CDs weren't the abridged version because nine times out of ten, those audiobooks, those were abridged. Mm. <laughs> cassette tapes. You couldn't get the full unabridged yeah. version. Yeah, which most stories, you don't want an abridged. Like, you want oh. everything. 
Unless you're, yeah. like, unless you're me and you do like the very abridged version of Les Miserables where it only tells you like Jean Valjean's story and well, leaves out well, everything that, else. That, that, that's so, different, Ray. That's yes. different, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> that's super abridged. So. Yeah. Uh yeah, but that was that was that was quite fun. And he he was he was quite nice. His birthday actually was uh last week, so I wished him a, a belated happy birthday. So oh cool. Yeah, he said it's great. He's like, it's great to be alive. I'm like, yeah, it is. Uh so um and then I got Sean Gunn's autograph as well, because he was there on Friday. Cool. Um so and he had like nobody in his line. It's really funny because it's like, yeah, they got the celebrities all lined up on on one side against one wall of the of the vendor hall, and they're just in one big row. And a lot of times they will put like together, you know, if there's some from the same franchise. So like we had several Power Rangers, so they had them together. They had a lot of the voice actors together, so like Roger Bumpus and some of the others all kind of together. But then at the far end book ending one end was rooker and then you had um michaela whose last name i'm blanking but she was the voice of floor in in guardians three the the bunny rabbit um rockets what are rockets friends um and then you had sean gun and then you had and i'm blanking on his name now uh what's his face from gilmore girls that played luke oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah so it's like so it was like this ven you had like these four celebrities and sean gum was like the vet the center of the the overlap of the venn diagram of gilmore girls and the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> it's like sean gun get you a guy who could do both <laughs> scott patterson so, scott patterson yeah so yeah it's like on one side, Sean had his guardians, you know, fellow guardians of the galaxy. And on the other side, Luke <laughs> from, from, from the Gilmore Girls. So, because he was, he's done both. Um, so, but he, he was, he was nice, but I was, it was like, there was nobody there. You know, he had, he had nobody in his line. The others were empty. And I was like, I was like, it's so quiet over here. Where's the, you know, where's the party? He's like, he he nods his head you know, to the side and he's like, well, when he gets here tomorrow, then the party will start indicating Rooker. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's the life of the party. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I, from what I understand, that's, that's the case. Um, so I got, I got, uh, I got shotguns autograph uh, to get that out of the way. Um, uh, and then I, you know, continued out my Friday um i did my library panel um friday um later friday um which not very well attended um uh, so i'm probably going to retire that one from popcon because it's it's the audience i don't think is quite right i think it's more appropriate mm -hmm. for like in conjunction and uh uh events like that and probably some others that i can't think of at the moment um so which is it's 
not a bad thing you know it's just you know something i was trying for for pop con and you know after a couple of tries yeah. you realize yeah this is just not this is not the right audience for this so you're gonna shop it around until you find the right audience for it so yeah. um but i i had made i'd made some i'd made some updates so it was nice to be able to run through it in real time with the updates um you know to see how it how it flows now with the with these these changes uh because i've added a few video elements that weren't there before so you know it could affect the the timing uh of it so the very least it's good practice um and for the few people that did show up they they were nice about it so what and actually one of the people that stopped in she actually works for the indianapolis public library so <laughs> so uh so that was nice um, and then we had the podcast awards uh, Friday night, um, which I judged. I was a judge again this year um, for all of the categories except for the TV and film category because uh, Nick had Semitic gold standards. So they did uh, uh, just to keep things fair, keep me out of the, the, you know, not judging anything in the category that I have a technically a, a podcast in that I'm part of. Um so uh which brandon peters you know brandon peters show um he's he's just taken these over and has just like taken off with him he's doing such a good job with them and every year they get slightly better um as far as you know getting the submissions getting the judging done getting the scoring done so that we're ready for the awards ceremony and, th and this time around we actually were able to get judging and scoring done far enough ahead of time that he could contact the winners and see if they were going to be able to show up. And the ones that weren't were able to submit like an acceptance. Uh, so a few of them sent acceptance videos. Uh, one sent uh, an acceptance audio file and a couple just sent acceptance like emails that Brandon was able to read out. Um, so it was kind of cool. It was nice to be able to be like, well, they can't be here, but let's hear from them anyway, instead of oh, yeah. in past years where it's like, well, they're not here. This is kind of awkward. And we're moving on to the next category. <laughs> so yeah, like, so I will accept it for them. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it, it still needs some tweaking. Um it that's just one of those you know one of those things that yeah it, every time we do it we, we figure out what still needs you know adjustments here and there but I, this was probably our best award ceremony so far so um i was quite happy with it brandon seemed seemed quite happy with it um so that was cool and, and we actually had several people who won that were there so yay uh <laughs> <laughs> um so that's even better uh, uh so we were actually able to hand out trophies to actual winners until we ran out of trophies because they're they're 3d printing them and that takes a while uh so the 3d printers could only go so fast uh but we were able to hand out some before that everybody will get theirs sent to them uh eventually so um, and then Saturday, of course, Saturday is always the busiest days, uh, busiest day for these multi-day conventions. Um, started bright and early uh, with, um, you know, just the crowds just 
coming on in um and um I spent pretty much all day at at the table i didn't i didn't plan uh you know to go get any autographs or do any photos or anything because i knew it was saturday it was just gonna be like this is the table is the best place for me to be <laughs> on this day um which ended up being a good thing because it made it easy for some of my friends to find me uh which is good uh so um my friend alan uh who if you if if you're not following him on instagram as he's luke hangover because <laughs> uh, he has uh several iterations of uh was it zach alifanakis from the hangover when he's got the baby and he's mm -hmm. carrying around in like the baby carrier on his chest so he has the one-man wolf pack because he kind of looks like Zach Galifianakis with the, the the beard and the hair and stuff, but then he's got uh, Hangover Luke, which is old man Luke Skywalker from the Disney uh, Star Wars trilogy with a porg instead of a baby. Hmm. Uh, he's got a hungover Ghostbuster, so he's got Slimer in the baby oh, carrier cool. instead. Um, and then he debuted his newest iteration, which is Hungover Indiana Jones, where the baby <sighs> is wearing the sunglasses and the hat, the same hat that Short Round wears. So <laughs> it's ba it's baby Short Round in the in the carriers. <laughs> so that was quite fun. Um, so I got to see that. Got to see him. Um, and then uh, from my friend Tony from the uh podcast formerly known as geeking in indiana uh <laughs> among other things um he showed up with uh his his wife liz and and one of their kids um and so and i i'd seen liz more recently i've seen her a few times throughout the year at, at various things um but tony has not uh been doing much in the way of conventions but he was actually he actually ha was picking up stuff because he does uh prop making on the side um so he was picking up some stuff from some people um so in the popcon crowd is a little less scary than something like gen con which is good um if you're not a huge fan of crowds because i know some people are not um that's why chauncey doesn't go to these things normally because it's just the crowds are not his thing um so but it was my first time seeing tony i think since before the pandemic <laughs> so it's nice to see him and liz uh and 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 the one of their kiddos um and catch up a little um and, and that sort of thing um and then i saw um uh power we just call him powers because that's his last name it's matt powers he's a professor at the school of informatics at, at IEPY. He was one of my college professors when I went through the program. Uh, but I'm still friends with him, and his current girlfriend is in our DD group. Um, so they were both there with his kid. Uh and um so it says, you know, was able to say hi to him and to you know to to Laura um and and all that so it was nice to, to be able to 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 catch up with some folks uh, some that i had not seen in a while which is really cool um and then i had name that geeky tune 
that was also on Saturday, which decent turnout, all things considering, which is good, you know, because at Louisville, I had been a little nervous when I realized that I was scheduled up against Twisted Tunes. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I had a decent turnout. This time, I was scheduled up against Michael Rooker's Celebrity Q&A. So, Uh-oh. so again, I was Rooker! like, oh, I hope people, yeah. So again, I was like, oh God, I hope people show up. And they did. It had a decent, a pretty good turnout actually. And the audience and the contestants, all of them very enthusiastic. Even the people that didn't necessarily want to play when we were doing the hot potato to, to pick the contestants. And the one guy ended up with the football when the music stopped and he was like, no. So, he's like i'm just here to watch so uh so we ended up with three uh very enthusiastic contestants and some very enthusiastic people in the crowd um Yay. because yeah because this uh popcom was celebrating its 10th anniversary which the day before they had a ribbon cutting with the deputy mayor of indianapolis um and the the city of Indianapolis uh, proclaimed that Friday as Popcon Day, uh, which was really cool. And uh, several of the uh, mascots from the local sports teams were there in attendance, which I kept asking people after the fact. I'm like, if they stay and hang out, does that make them furries? Uh, <laughs> nobody Some, knew. Somebody might like that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody could give me a straight answer. They weren't sure either. Um so, but because uh, Popcon is celebrating its 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 tenth iteration, um, uh, I decided to put a little Popcon twist on the uh, music clips. So all of the music clips for Name That Geeky Tune this time around were from properties related to current or past Popcon celebrity guests. Oh, cool. Ah. So it helped if you knew some of the guests that have been at PopCon before and the things that they're affiliated with. Some are very obvious, um, even just from the song, even if you don't know the celebrity. Uh, and then, of course, some are a little harder. Um, although there was one gal in the audience that she knew a lot of them. <laughs> so because, oh. you know, I, you know it, it, the game's really simple. I have short clips of the songs i play the clip each of them has a noisemaker when they think they know what it is they 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 you know they make their noise and they can do their guess if they're right they get a point if they don't get it right then it goes to the other two players and if one of them you know whoever thinks they got it can can you know buzz in buzz air quotes buzz in and if none of the three contestants get it then i turn to the audience and if any of the audience gets it, they get some candy. So cool. Uh, so it makes the audience I'm, not I'm feel. Sure, yeah. I'm sure yes. the, there's someone in the audience going like, I know this one and I can't. Yes. It. Yes. Yeah. There, that happens a lot, actually. <laughs> so that, that uh, would be but, neat. Must bite tongue. Must yeah. bite tongue. <laughs> yeah. I was like, next, next popcorn try really hard to get the football so you can actually play uh, <laughs> excuse me um so after three rounds uh we had a clear winner but we had a tie 
between the other two. So we did have to go to a tiebreaker uh, to determine who got second, and who got third. Um, and then, you know, all three of them got their got their prizes. Of, you know, of course, first prize got the biggest prize, but each of them got uh, a goodie bag with at least one game of some sort in there. Um, but of course, yeah, as you get to first place, they get more, uh, cause that's the way it works. You win, you get, you get the bi bi biggest, baddest loot box. Um, but they all seem to enjoy their prizes. Um, the audience really seemed to enjoy themselves. I had one guy that gave me some suggestions so that, um, the mechanics on the back end go a little smoother. Uh, so that was really helpful. <laughs> so that was that was cool um so yeah i would i would definitely keep name that name that geeky tune on rotation so um you know if if and when i reach out to the gaming companies again in the future for possible donations that will what it i think it'll, it'll go to more than anything um because the the raffle unfortunately it is not quite working out the way that i had hoped um <clears throat> But yeah, that's again, you gotta try things and see how it goes. So um, and then for, uh Saturday night was also the cosplay contest, so that's always fun to watch. Uh some really, really good cosplays um this year. Um, everybody always just I'm always so amazed at what, what people come up with and are able to to build. Um so and then, every, and then every time i'm like oh i should get back into cosplay and then i get home and then my stuff just sits uh <laughs> yeah it, it it's it's easy to have inspiration and then you then you actually have to get there and do it and like right okay, how do i do this on a budget it's, it's the combination yeah it's the combination of inspiration motivation and um timation uh <laughs> Schedulation, resourcation, <laughs> resourcation. Yeah, uh, um, and those those have to be those have to like align perfectly. Like the planets sometimes align, but if they don't, forget it. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, but it's still fun to watch. Yes, yeah. yeah, it was it was it's always fun to watch at the very least. Um, and then Sunday yesterday, as we're recording this um rolls in and we come slowly rolling in you know the vendors and we're like uh because by sunday you're just like you're done <laughs> you know <laughs> you're just you're just kind of done sundays are just kind of like uh let's get this over with so i can go home and go to sleep for like a week <laughs> even if you're really genuinely excited to be there your body does not care uh mm -hmm. after a certain point like, we've had fun time to collapse yeah yeah so yeah we come rolling in you know we get our tables set up you know all nice looking for the day and stuff and um uh, like right before 10 o'clock i'm like i'm gonna go ahead and get in line for rooker's autograph uh just in case there's a crowd um because there was the day before because the um the vendor hall opened uh both Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m. for the general public. VIPs and press could get in a half an hour before. So the 
uh, masses were allowed at 10 a.m. on Saturday. About 10.30-ish. You remember how I said all the celebrities are in one big row and at one end, bookend, is Rooker? Where our booth was, was perpendicular to the bookend at the other end of the celebrity row. So the very last person at the complete opposite end. So good distance away. And at about 1030-ish on Saturday, from the far end of the convention center, we just heard this huge din of screaming and yelling and cheering. And myself and some of the other vendors around me, we all just kind of looked at each other and they're like, and we were all like, Rooker must be at his table. Yep. <laughs> yep. So when it came to Sunday, I'm like, okay, well, it, you know, this is Rooker. He, he's, he's a big, you know, he's got a big deal. You know, the Marvel, Walking mm-hmm. Dead, those are two really big fandoms, among other things that he's been in. So, uh, so it's like, I'm going to go get in line. I was like, odds are he's not going to show up right at 10 o'clock but it's like you know the closer i am to the front of the line the less i'll have to wait when he does show up so um i'm second in line in the regular line there's a couple people in the vip line um and we're just chatting the gal that was first in the regular line in front of me this was her her, this was her very first con wow ever uh so she was talking about yeah how excited she was and we were telling her about the other, you know, different other types of cons, you know, depending on what your, you know, your interests are. It's like, you know, there's specific ones to horror, there's specific ones to anime, there's others that are more pop culture oriented. So they're also going to have an interesting variety of, of people. You've got your ones that are just like money makers. They're just there to take your money. I'm looking at you, Wizard World. Um, you know who you are. Um so we were just talking to and passing the time um eventually one of the handlers shows up and she's all like yeah he hasn't left the hotel yet and we're like yeah whatever um no problem uh and um so eventually a little before 11 o'clock he shows up you know just the man is a walking shot of espresso like I was dragging Sunday morning, but the minute the Rooker entered, like in you know within like you know the the general atmosphere of myself and everyone around me, we were all suddenly very awake. <laughs> he is a child who has been giving, who's like just been fed a very large like Red Bull, and been given a puppy, and then let loose in a Toys R Us. That that is that is that is Michael Rooker, you know, and maybe yeah. one or two pieces of candy thrown in for good measure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or in, in his case, his candy is is ninety percent proof. Um, yeah, from what you were, yeah, from what at from least what you were telling me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I was thinking, I was, I was thinking he to myself, to coffee yeah. with a little something extra. Yeah, yeah. He proceeds to come in after giving a hug to the gal that's in the VIP line because she had met him the day before, but she came. They decided to come back to get an autograph for one of their kids. Um, 
but he remembered her from the day before so he gave her a hug he pretended to punch her in the face which was i thought was funny she thought it was funny um and i was like hey that's a story you could tell people i got cold cocked by michael rooker and i was i was <laughs> and then i i i tried to like make the joke like in mean girls you know if you've seen the movie mean girls yeah. you know when like when they're when they're telling uh mm -hmm. you know the the new girl you know katie yeah. about oh, regina yeah. and the one gal is like you know one time she like she pushed me on the floor or something and like it was awesome you know yeah because like every time regina's mean to them even though they know she's just mean they still think she's awesome and I was trying to make that reference, and Rooker did not get it because he's not seen the movie. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> Ooh. I was like the movie Mean Girls. He's like, I've not seen it. I'm like, okay, like that's okay. We were pink uh, on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't. He would not have known what I was talking about. So <clears throat> that's okay. Um, yeah, and then he proceeds to to take his coffee that he presumably he brought from his hotel room because it's one of those little paper cups with a little plastic you know lid on it. Sets his coffee down on the table, pulls the lid off of it, takes his flask that's been sitting right there, uh, opens it up, and proceeds to pour the contents into his coffee. I don't know what was in there, but uh, he. He was he turned it himself. into an Irish coffee. Let's just put he, it down. I I don't know if it was Irish. I don't know if maybe it was a tea and maybe it was a hot toddy. I don't know what it was. I wasn't going to ask. Um, all I know is I heard him say he either said it was sixteen percent alcohol or sixty percent alcohol. I'm not entirely sure which number he actually said because it was kind of loud. Uh, <laughs> but. Either way, I don't know, whatever, whatever gets your motor going in the morning, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to judge. Uh, he's not driving anyway, so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I got his autograph. Uh, you know, I told him about how um, he popped up while I was binging Criminal Minds um, in an, an early season. And he's like, what's the show about? Like, it's a crime show, you know, FBI, Behavioral Analysis Unit. I was like, it was a long time ago. He was in, like, season, like, I don't know, like, two or three or something. Like, it was early in mm -hmm. Criminal Minds. So it's been a while. So the fact he doesn't remember, I'm not going to fault him because, you know, he's done a lot. Um, it, yeah, and, it's probably one of yeah. those things that's like, yeah, it was a job. I need to get paid. That's exactly what he said. He's like, yeah, he's like, I was probably just trying to keep a roof over my head uh i was like yeah that's that's totally understandable um and then you know i've got my my marvel thing that i'm collecting autographs on and he was like you know where you know where should i sign this and i was like well you know chris sullivan who played taser face is over here and sean gunn had, had signed right near you know chris's uh you know for for craglin and i was like well batista's over here and palm clementif is over here so i got some guardians over here and he said a bad word um, that I'm not going to repeat because uh, Captain America does not say that word. Um, but essentially, he was like, screw them, took a bright blue, almost paint-like marker and proceeded to make the largest signature that covers a little bit of palms, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Sorry, palm. Uh, I have no control over him. Uh, so yeah, he proceeded to just sign just the largest 
signature <laughs> on oh, there dear. in bright blue. <laughs> He's like, well, there you go. Blue makes sense for him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, but it was just like i was like oh i was like that's it that's fine i was like i've got a spot right in the middle for you for the because if you because if you it's it's spelled out marvel and then it's got a nice little little collage of different marvel characters mostly the most recognizable your avengers you know your your hulk mm -hmm. your iron mans and stuff so unfortunately you're not going to see like yondu in there um right but the very dead center of this art piece, you know, M-A-R-V-E-L, um, is Captain America. And I'm trying to keep that as open as possible for Clark Gregg's autograph, because you know, if I once I get Colson's autograph, it has to go on top of Captain America. Uh yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's fine. You know, sign as big as you want, just leave some space on Captain America for Clark Gregg, whatever I, you know get to Clark Gregg um so uh so yeah I uh, got got Rooker's autograph went back to the the table um and um then I had uh my photo op which was with Rooker and Sean Gunn at the same time um so that was cool and um I, I had a friend actually who's a huge agents of shield fan it's really i love the fact that we have that in common um the, that was in front it was in line in front of me while waiting for the photo op so we were we were talking about because uh, she was wearing her uh when agents of shield ended they auctioned off a bunch of stuff from the show including some of the costumes the clothing pieces Ooh. and she owns a couple of elizabeth's costume pieces from playing Gemma so she nice. was actually wearing Elizabeth Henstridge's clothing from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> that oh, day man. um so but then she also has she has the complete outfit from if you remember from the second to last season um when uh they brought Clark Gregg back but he was playing a different character that just happened to have colson's face you know the the space truckers um the the one female character in her snowflake who <laughs> was just like she's kind of like me when playing D D, where she's just like you know she'd give her something pointy and she's gonna stab someone with it um mm -hmm. but my friend had absolutely fallen in love with the character of snowflake uh so when they auctioned off they auctioned off snowflake's entire costume because she just had the one outfit and she ended up getting it so she cosplays as snowflake wearing the actual screen used outfit but we were talking about wow. cincinnati we were talking about cincinnati comic expo which is coming up next month and how we both want to go because ming na wen is going to be there and i was like well what outfit are you going to wear she's like i'm gonna wear snowflake <laughs> i was like okay cool. <laughs> so, so now if she were ever to enter that into a cosplay contest <laughs> <laughs> although it would be funny if they're like oh gosh that's not even remotely screen accurate yeah <laughs> that would be, um, that would be funny yeah it's like it is so screen accurate do you want to see the bill that i paid for it right, um, yeah so um so yeah we we we, we chatted you know uh 
and uh so i got my photo with uh with ricker and and sean uh i took the duff door with me this time uh i figured he should be in at least one of them um Mm -hmm. and ricker is all like is that your friend (laughs) i was like yes he's he's like do you take him everywhere with you i'm like yeah he's come to a lot of conventions he's not he's met a lot of famous people uh and he's like he was like oh i was like yeah he's totally covered in dna of all sorts of of all sorts of famous people (laughs) so he proceeds to look like he's like picked off like a piece of lint or something off the duff door (laughs) and he's like oh what's he's like oh what's this i said i don't know it's probably batista uh He's bust out you laughing. Were uh, you, you were lucky Decker didn't go flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. What I, and the thing is, it's like Rooker was on my right and then Sean was on my left. So then, you know, they take the photo and then Rooker's, you know, asking me about the duff door and, you know, we're, we're cracking each other up with that. I have no idea what Sean Gum was doing behind me. <laughs> For all I know, he was just like, I'm just happy to be here. Maybe I have no idea. Um, I'm just watching these two talk about her bear. Okay. Yeah. And Rooker, like, Rooker gave me like the biggest bear hug. I'm pretty sure I ended up with an indentation from one of his shirt buttons on my face. Um, but he was really, and when I was like, oh, it must be, yeah, it's like, it's probably Batista. He just cracked up. <laughs> he just, he's busting out laughing. So, uh, Funnily enough, the Duff Door actually has not met Batista. <laughs> so, I mean, I had him with me when I got Batista's autograph, but I never did a photo with Batista. So I mm-hmm. guess technically the Duff Door was there. But the last celebrity he got up close and personal with was Rosario Dawson. But oh, Batista, nice. Batista was the first name I thought of. So, and it was one I knew he would have <laughs> recognized. So I was like, I'll just throw Batista under the bus. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that. He gave me M&M's uh uh so yeah back to the table again uh and then it was it was time to do the 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 raffle drawing um which you know like i said i you know very grateful to the companies that donated again not going to complain there you know i'll say it over and over again thank you to cards against humanity exploding kittens and the op slash usaopoly for their generosity with supplying us with some of your merchandise to to give away uh the, the, the people that have gotten this stuff have been very excited to get it so yeah whether it's through the raffle or as a prize for name that geeky tune the the uh, the, the receiving of of said product has gone over really well so i will i will not begrudge that it is really nice to see people get excited to 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 get that get that stuff um yeah especially considering we made sure to get stuff that was appropriate for you know the majority of gaming groups whether it's a family with kids or you know a bunch of adults or you know teens or whatever so um you know cannot say enough good things uh, about that but getting people to enter the raffle is kind of like pulling teeth and I don't know. I don't know if this is an Indiana thing, if this is a Midwest thing, or what. But 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, if I'm like off as far as like marketing, like I need to adjust or something, or maybe this is just not the right audience. I don't know. Um, but between the three cons this year, so PopCon Louisville in conjunction and now Indie PopCon, like, because PopCon, thankfully, was very generous at giving us the tables for both Louisville and this at no cost. We weren't having to, like, get enough in donations to at least try to break even with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but because, you know, we, it is a nonprofit, you know, our budget is tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the moment, any money that we do get is really just going to overhead like things like the website um, right to keep to keep it up and running more than anything mm-hmm. and occasionally like we did pay for we did use the funds to pay for the table for in conjunction but that's a much smaller con so the cost of the table right. is a lot less than something like popcon uh okay. so and because the circle of janice in itself is a non-for-profit group i have a problem you know spending the money for that like from one one profit to another here take our you know yeah. few dollars for table for this event um so yeah uh, i don't think i ever got to double digits in in raffle entries uh, at any of the events so um i don't know if that's the norm or what i i honestly i have no idea i don't know if i i need to do some research or somebody smarter out there can be like this is what you need to be doing instead because it's like i can only post on social media so much and try you know try different things like i made like a, a silly uh short video of just like you know like a like the real like crazy like in and out weird angles of the the clamonaise jar like mm-hmm. you want this you know you want it you know get it now clamonaise you know <laughs> it's something eye-catchy you know i've tried everything that like, i could possibly think of um yeah. to get people's attention like, but best i can think of is like oh i could enter this raffle and maybe win something or i can take my money and go buy something that yes i'll actually get take yeah the only that that's my only theory yeah that that's that's probably a good chunk of it is you know people want instant gratification i guess um so i was like but it's for a good cause you know (laughs) i don't know which would say which i explained to them what it is yeah i do get the occasional person that i don't know that's like yeah sure you know I'll, I'll, i'll take a ticket um but you know, more often than not, the people that enter are actually people I know, <laughs> and are just uh, yeah, trying trying to be nice. Um, so uh, which that in itself is is not the yeah, it, it is what it is. They're they're perfectly allowed to you know, only only us and like Chauncey are not allowed to to enter. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, us, our respective spouses and direct family members would not be mm-hmm. allowed to enter. So, um, you know, if it happens to be someone we know, whatever. Um, so yeah, but either way, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, whether we had two tickets in there or 200, 
um, uh, because uh, there are people that enter that I do know. I don't want to, you know, if if I was to pull the ticket and it happened to be belong belonging to someone I know and consider a friend, I would not want to be accused of like rigging mm-hmm. or anything. So I don't. I have not been doing the ticket drawings. Uh, I've I've had other unbiased people do it. So at Louisville, I had a friend, uh, one of the guys from Established Facts, who I do know them. I do know Don, but his kids don't know me. So I had one of his kids do it at Louisville. Um, and then, of course, and in conjunction, I had Cupcake uh do it for me i was just playing this to chauncey and he's like well how do we, how does a dog draw the ticket and i'm like he does he's being sarcastic trying to be sarcastic be facetious with me but still uh the dogs don't stick their paw in there i i don't i took the tickets out put them in a pile and i let cupcake pick one <laughs> so mm-hmm. and then he's like yeah. how do they read the name on it and i'm like they don't read it. I read it for them. Uh, so, uh, so this time around, with a snoot to yeah. me, and we go from there. He whoops it. Exactly. I take it. Yeah, that's exactly what Cupcake did. You know, I was like, pick one, and Cupcake put her nose on one of them, and I'm like, there you go, Cupcake, pick that one. So this time around, I was like, well, maybe I'll, you know, I'll get another dog to do it because we had we had uh, Dixie the praying dog. <laughs> As a, who was actually one of the guests uh she's uh she's very wild she's a like a short-haired pointer or something like that she's a hunting dog um but uh when she's not doing hunting related things um which is not necessarily hunting i mean she, i mean she the the pointers are in the hunting group uh, mm-hmm. She actually does not do actual hunting. What she does is animal with her owner. They do animal recovery. Okay. So like, uh, like, so like if a deer loses its antlers, they will go and recover the antlers. Or if an animal dies, they will do help with the, the carcass recovery um, mm-hmm. in, in spots. And, and they do some like, outreach with like kids for you know teaching them about like the environment and the life cycle with animals and stuff like that um but then he's also a military veteran so dixie will go with him to do you know like emotional therapy at like the via hospital and and stuff like that um so yeah it's very cool you know dixie she's she's a very sweet dog she's very well trained um she either rides around in one of those like big wheels type you know electric Mm -hmm. vehicles that you know every kid wanted when we were kids they still make them now but they're way cooler um he's got it rigged so that he could drive a remote control and dixie just sits in it um or if she's walking around unless she's going outside like when they would go outside to go to the bathroom um which that part of the convention center in is near a busy street. So he had her on a leash outside, but inside, if they were just walking around, she didn't need to be on a leash. She stayed right by him. So uh, she's really, really well-trained. She is loud. She's got a set of lungs on her. You can hear her barking from the other end of the convention center. (laughs) 
even with all the noise. <laughs> so, uh, but, and then there was another uh, booth when I was walking around before everything started Sunday. Um, uh, the booth I walked by, um, I don't remember their their name now, but they had uh, uh, one of the, the people there, they had their dog with them, little white cotton ball Bichon type you know fluffy thing um named obi who was just the sweetest sweetest little puff ball i have ever encountered my actually my mom and her her husband have a dog very similar his name's curtis there's just something about these little white fluffy you know cloud type dogs that they are just they are so sweet they just want to get in your face and cuddle and give you kisses mm -hmm. And shake paws, and you you know they want you to give them scratches and all of the mm -hmm. things. And Obi was exact. If they hadn't had him strapped to the carrier he was in, he probably would have jumped in my arms and be like, "Let's go." Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so let me be your floofy little cloud pal for the whole day. Yeah. So I I was I was I was bent over the table as far as I could to get so I could so he could reach me. To give him all the scratches and all the loving and everything. He was so sweet. I, I probably could stay there and just giving him loving like all day. Uh, <laughs> so, so cute. So I was like, oh, maybe I could get like you know, either Obi or maybe Dixie to do the ticket drawing. It was like, that would be fun. You know, people love dogs. Um, so I go and Obi's gone. So I don't, I don't know where they, where he went off. He went back to like their hotel room or if he needed to go home. I don't know. So Obi was no longer there and Dixie was not in her spot either. I was like, well, crap, I need a plan B. So I'm looking around and I'm like, and at this point it's like, it's three 30, a little past three 30. Um, so, and everything's ends officially at five and, a number of the celebrities had already left at this point. You can kind of tell. I don't know about other events, but you can kind of tell when celebrities are gone, are done and have left and are not coming back because they have signed their sign. <laughs> That's like the last thing they do before yeah. they leave is the big vinyl sign behind their booth. They've put their signature on it and like gone. Uh, uh, so it was, it was kind of empty in celebrity row, but Michael Rooker was still in his spot and he only had a couple of people. So I was like, you know what? The way he's been today, he might just be game for this. <laughs> Got I was a like, question to ask of you. And, and it doesn't hurt Please. to ask. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So he takes so care of have. Yeah, he takes care of the, the few people that are in line. Um and yeah, his handler says something about, hey, you know, I want to take a, a walk around the, you know, the vendor floor. And he's like, yeah, you know, we can take a walk. Uh, then he sees me. Uh, he's like, hey, you know, how you doing, sweetie? Uh, I was like, oh, good, good to see you again. He gives me another hug. Uh, thankfully, no <laughs> smushing of the, the shirt buttons this time. Um, and I was like, I need help. He's like, what do you need? I was like, I need an unbiased hand. <laughs> to help with something and he's like well i am the most effing unbiased person ever <laughs> and i was like okay well i've been over 
at my table all weekend, you know, good to uh, get, you know, doing a raffle for a nonprofit. Um, the, one of his handlers proceeds to take my phone uh, and films the whole thing. Um, cool. I had I already started filming. Um, you know, and she was like, are you cool with this being filmed? He's like, absolutely. We need this for posterity. Uh, and then nice. she was like, you want me to film it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Even better. Uh, so, yeah. So she takes my phone from me. Um, and he has, you know, I've got the little sign that I had made in Canva, speaking of Canva. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a little sign that I'd have up at the table. And, you know, I gave like my short little spiel. Um, that here's the thing about Rooker is when he is not talking, he kind of has resting bitch face. <laughs> And it, that's not an insult, but it kind of no, looks like no. when he's not like emoting, he just kind of looks kind of like pissed off. Miffed. He's not. <laughs> no. That's just the, that's just the way his face looks when he's he's not in the middle of of talking. Um. So I give a little spiel, and he's like, he's like, you know, I'm like, we're gonna draw the winning ticket here, uh, so that he he pulls you know pulls out the the, the ticket. Uh, unfolds it because i hadn't folded in there um and he's like he's like what's that say i was like it says tony he's like well it could say troy <laughs> like no it says tony i was like it's my handwriting i was the one who wrote it i know what it says um and he's like okay tony and he shows it to the camera he's like tony is the winner he's like what's tony win? it's like a whole bundle of board games at the at the table there he's like does he have to pick i'm like no he gets the whole thing he's like sweet tony come get your prize and then he just takes off uh <laughs> cool laughing the entire i don't know how i got the little spiel about our nonprofit out because i was just laughing so hard uh at, at all of his antics so you know it was it was just the most wild i had no idea what i was I like I kind of had an idea what I was getting myself into, but I really had no idea what I was getting. I was like, I was just like, I'm gonna go ask because like he just seems like he would be game for anything, right? So I just thought, you know, that this that he just took it, he just rolled with it, Uh, and then he ended up doing the uh, the raffle ticket pull for the Circle City Ghostbusters as well oh cool um, which they gave him a megaphone for that i don't know whose oh, idea boy. that was um which the circle <laughs> city ghostbusters i i even posted that on our instagram and the circle of city ghostbusters they were like yeah but it was for a good cause <laughs> they're like True. Maybe not the smart idea, idea but it was for a good cause I'm like yeah it was, it was good it was for one of the local homeless shelters i think is what they were raising money for um so and they were raffling off a, a signed a signed photo of Michael Rooker. Uh, well, so, then, uh, of course, yeah. he needs yeah. to be drawn that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then they also, you know, they wanted to do a group photo for posterity. So they, they got him in front of the, the their Ecto-1. They gave him a proton pack. And in my head, I'm like, I'm so glad that is not an actual unregulated nuclear device <laughs> that he has strapped to his back. Because <laughs> something tells me he would probably try to use it yeah he he was ready to cross the streams yeah oh boy yeah yeah, yeah. so cross oh the streams yeah so but uh, the entire time and i've got i've got most of that on video too and I, I know kj was doing it live on the popcorn facebook page so if you just want to watch it from kj's perspective you can go to the popcorn facebook page and, and watch it um but i also have my angle 
uh of of what i got so but just like every time every time he got around people you know you, you give him an audience and he just it's gasoline on a fire on a raging fire mm-hmm. he's just absolute he's chaos not. he he is he is chaos theory incarnate he is ian malcolm's worst nightmare yeah yeah <laughs> yeah if you look up let's chaos in ian malcolm's yeah. dictionary it's a picture yeah. of michael rooker yeah and it's like let's give yeah. michael rooker a megaphone let's give michael rooker control of the pa system <laughs> for the entire vendor hall and ian malcolm would be like you know just because you could doesn't mean you should have <laughs> right. yeah. right. yeah. yeah. so that was just it was it was so much fun uh so uh, like i said if you're a patreon supporter you have the completely uncensored unedited version of my of the raffle drawing with michael rooker and then on our youtube channel is the slightly censored i did my best to mask the f-bombs uh as best i could (laughs) so the family friendly version yeah, as family friendly as I can get, considering it's Michael Rooker. It was, it was, it was, it, I was having flashbacks to my interview with Lloyd Kaufman from from Trauma. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna have to censor this to at least somewhat, but I can't censor it completely because then it loses all the fun. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Oh so my! We'll call it we'll call it PG thirteen. How's that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but uh, it was it was so much fun, and uh, he seems to be the talking point that a lot of people are having, even after the fact, like on the on the Discord and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. like everybody encountered Rooker just walked away with just like their cheeks hurting from smiling and laughing, so or their you know their side and stitches from laughing so much so it's just like he is an absolute hoot he right now is currently scheduled to be at galaxy con in columbus in december i don't oh know what the God. i don't know if the state of ohio was ready to be honest Gear up, people so, he's coming yeah so i'm just i'm just gonna watch from a safe distance away and yes yeah. uh, just kind of watch like, i was already in I was already yeah. in that I was like zone, been so. there done that got <laughs> the got the footage to prove it got, so. got the footage and the pin imprints to prove it yes so <laughs> I was like y'all at Columbus you are not ready you're not ready for the record so <laughs> but yeah so that was a lot, been, a lot a lot of fun that definitely definitely helped make the the convention end on a on a high note so um and i look forward to all the shenanigans in april so we're not not a long turnaround time before the next indie popcon because the uh in the convention center likes to prioritize who gets dibs on dates in the calendar and Mm -hmm. Popcon is not high on the list compared to some other events. Gen Con, pretty much guaranteed early August. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of depends on which which of the, the first two, essentially first two weekends of August 
Uh, it is kind of, I think it somewhat depends on the NFL schedule. Um, in their preseason, oh, yeah. preseason starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like events like Gen Con, FFA, and the Firefighters Associate you know, Union or whatever, like those events are huge. So I'm sure they get high priority when it comes to scheduling and then all the re- yeah. every So essentially everybody else who wants to use the convention center has to settle for scraps. So like, get uh, in line. Yeah. Let's draw straws here. Yeah. So it, Indie PopCon is the last weekend in April next year, which, yes, that is the same weekend as C2E2 in Chicago. I am so sorry. I have friends that I know I'm not going to see because they will be going to C2E2. Because um, if you had to twist their arm, they would probably pick C2E2 because from what I understand, it's supposed to be a really good convention. Um, so... Um, I would like to go to C2E2 one of these years, honestly. <laughs> so just to see what the 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 deal is. Um, uh, but obviously it's not gonna be the next one because I do plan on being at PopCon. Um, and then we're back in Louisville in June. Um, so that is the schedule for 2024, at least for the PopCons. Um, so yeah. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be that that was that's gonna be a story stories i'll be able to tell for a, a while that that is up there with colin baker offering me his fingernail clippings as far as celebrity experiences go <laughs> that's kind of what i thought yeah so you know that yeah <laughs> you know people are like i just want to meet my favorite celebrity but i'm not i'm so nervous i'm you know i don't know what i'm gonna say to them it's like odds are depending on the celebrity just let them go just let them do their thing uh-huh. you're gonna have mm-hmm. you're gonna have fun so yeah <laughs> anyway so that was popcon i will have the uh the rest of the video <laughs> not just rooker uh although there is more video of rooker uh <laughs> That that I will I will get that put together and get the photos up on our on our Facebook page as well. So there is uh that. So that. yeah. So now that I've been rambling, now we can start singing. Uh <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh I I mean when it when it comes to singing, I'm I I, I would like to, you know, obviously I'm a car and shower singer. Um, but all things considering, I think I'm slightly better than Pierce Brosnan, but I'm definitely not Meryl Streep. So <laughs> when it comes to singing <laughs> prowess, uh, but, uh, I did want to, uh, bring up Mamma Mia, uh, both the films, um, and, and the, the, the stage musical itself, because the stage musical is currently on tour and will be coming through indianapolis early next year actually around my birthday so i know what i'm doing for my birthday next year (laughs) it's going to see my so of course uh all of the it's it's technically a jukebox musical because it is using uh popular music it is not musical it's not music that is uh written specifically for the production um in this case all the music is from the band abba um and um is a very successful 
uh stage musical um it's um as of 2020 when it ended its run in london's west end it was the sixth longest running show in west end history um and then when it closed on broadway in 2015 after a 14 year run wowza making it the ninth longest running show in broadway history <laughs> so uh because it it debuted in 1999 wow. Uh, no, not that. 2001? No. Because um, ABBA was 70s to early 80s. So you got mm, you got to yeah. keep that in mind. Um, the, it, the musical debuted in London in 1999. Um, and um, it has uh, it played in the in the West End. And um, it ran um, until uh, 2012 when it moved to a different theater. Uh, and then it had to close, obviously, during the pandemic. And then it reopened uh, back in, in 2021. Um, and then coming over to the North American continent, um, it opened in Toronto in 2000, where it played for five years. Its United States debut was in San Francisco in November 2000 um, and ran until early 2001. And then it moved to Los Angeles and then finally Chicago. And then it opened in New York in October of 2001, which um, Meryl Streep actually saw it uh, it when it opened with her daughter. And she actually sent a note to the producers thanking them for bringing some happiness to New York City because this was, you know, a month after 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, so um, to have so, uh, so I have a musical this fun, I think I, I think Meryl Streep is absolutely right to, to be able to have something kind of this fun come into New York and kind of, you know, get people excited and tapping their toes and humming mm -hmm. ABBA songs and having them stuck in their head for a while um so yeah um but yeah it played almost six thousand performances on broadway before closing <laughs> so <laughs> uh and then when it's gone on tour which has toured multiple times it is has been performed in more than 50 countries on all six continents so someone needs to get Mama Mia to Antarctica um, <laughs> for some reason. Do it for the penguin. The no, penguins, penguins are. Let's say no, because the penguins are at the other pole. I think. No, they're in Antarctica. Are they in Antarctica? Okay. Yeah, uh, penguins are Antarctica. Polar bears are, are um, the North Pole. Okay, good. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. I don't trust my pub pub trivia. Uh, <laughs> um. I had a sixth grade teacher who was obsessed with penguins, so we knew yeah. everything <laughs> about penguins that year. Uh -huh. but I wasn't at least, at least I know how to pronounce the word penguin, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, so it's it's been very very popular. 
uh, since it opened. It does not hurt that ABBA as a band and their music is also extremely popular. Um, I I watch. I could not find it. I I hope I can I can find it. I have no idea how I stumbled across it last time on YouTube, but I found this like documentary or like TV program or something about ABBA, and it included the origin story for the the musical um so hopefully i can find it if it hasn't been taken off the youtubes um so i can i can share that in the show notes if and when i follow find it uh so um but yeah uh it's got uh a lot of um you know when you're talking about abba's musical catalog you know as far as their songs you're gonna get your most recognizable obviously the title comes from mama mia uh one of their uh very popular songs um dancing queen of course um uh money 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 uh sos uh you know, slipping through my fingers the winner takes it all take a chance on me um uh, some quite uh recognizable I, I think a few of them maybe are slightly maybe less they're not ones that necessarily get played on the radio as often um so you know i don't i don't think i've ever heard like chiquita played on my local oldies station um, but I definitely hear things like Dancing Queen and, you know, A Man After Midnight and, you know, songs like that. Um, so, um, unfortunately, my absolute favorite ABBA song is not part of the actual show. It's part of the encore, if you see it on stage, wow. <laughs> which is Waterloo. <laughs> so, um, uh yeah, so at least you, uh, you know, it's still good to hear it. Uh, I just have to wait for the encore to be able to be able to hear it. So, but that's like my favorite, absolute favorite. Maybe that was one they couldn't. Uh, maybe that was when they couldn't find a story. Pro probably because with the, the plot, it's it's really kind of surprising how. I mean, obviously, I think they wrote. Yeah, the plot was written knowing that these songs were going to be used. So I'm sure some of the plot oh, yeah. was written in a way so that fits the song. But still, it's kind of eerie just how well some of these songs fit the plot that they came up with. This idea of uh, this this young woman, Sophie, who has been raised by her single mother, Donna, on this island, fictional island uh, uh, in Greece. Um and she's getting ready to get married and she wants her father to walk her down the aisle problem is she doesn't know who her biological father is but she happens to come across the names of the three men that her mom was involved in off and on around the time that sophie was conceived so one of them potentially is her biological father so she invites them in secret to her wedding and of course you know shenanigans ensue uh because donna has not seen any of these men in 20 years um for 
two of the three, they were just kind of flings. It was just, you know, fun memories. But one of them, Sam specifically, she genuinely fell for and he broke her heart. Um, so there's a bit of resentment there. And of course, there's the whole you know, Sophie's convinced that she will know who her father is the minute she sees him. That doesn't happen. Um, you know, she doesn't flat out tell the three guys that that's why they're there. They eventually figure it out based on her age <laughs> and the fact that she has no father figure there. They all assume that they are her father. Um, and again, more shenanigans ensue uh, between Donna really wanting nothing to do with all three of them, plus her two best friends, Rosie and Tanya, uh, are there. Uh, uh, the three of them, when they were younger, uh, had a, their own little music group called Donna and the Dyna Dynamos. So, <laughs> um, and uh so um uh rosie is uh kind of your stereotypical middle-aged woman um and then tanya is uh you know very kind of uh she's been married multiple times so she's but she's very wealthy it's each each divorce i'm sure she's walked away with a very nice settlement um <laughs> so um very much a flirt uh so she's she does uh she's the one that performs the song does your mother know uh which is hilarious uh um and um at the end they, they decide it doesn't matter who actually is is sophie's biological father they decide that they're just gonna they're all gonna be her father and split it three ways so they're all gonna be one third of a father <laughs> to sophie uh but in the process donna and sam rekindle their romance um because it turns out that the uh because uh, the whole thing was that sam was engaged before he met donna and then he left and donna assumed it was to go back and marry the person he was engaged to turns out he broke off the engagement but by the time he came back she would already seemingly moved on with bill um and so he left went back got married had a couple of kids is now divorced um so donna and sam rekindled their romance so they are the ones that end up getting married at the, at the end instead of of uh sophie and and sky um so um but it's it the, i mean just the music it's just it's so mm -hmm. it's just it's so catchy catchy it's like the, i mean mm -hmm. the plot is just kind of ridiculous really uh yeah. you know but because they don't take it so they don't take it seriously as why it works yes it's exactly. really the plot is just the thing to connect you to the next musical number <laughs> yep so it's a way to justify them leading into another song <laughs> mm-hmm um and to and to you know to to show off you know some some of uh some of these songs in a i think in a new and interesting way um mm -hmm. to be honest with you uh you know anyone who's ever gone to probably a public school and has gone to a, a school dance is probably heard dancing queen 
played by a DJ. So, (laughs) um, you know, um, uh, so, but yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the, I, the whole, the whole idea is that, that Donna, you know, when she was young, you know, about Sophie's age ish, you know, she wanted to, she wanted to see the world. She wanted to make memories, you know, she wanted to be free and, you know, do whatever and find her destiny. And, uh, she ends up on this, this Greek Island, um but in the process meets these three men and has relations with them in a close enough time period that she's not entirely sure which one is the you know sophie's biological father um and you know when you see sophie interact with the three men individually you can kind of them could be any one of them could any one of them could be it because she's got like personality traits from Mm -hmm. all three of them looks wise she doesn't necessarily take after any of them obviously she looks more like her mother Mm -hmm. so you can't really base it off of looks um so and and in the end it doesn't matter it's one of these things where it's like you know yeah family can't you know can be blood relation but found family is also important too. And I think that's like yes. the big like takeaway. Takeaway from this, you know, you know, Sophie has, you know, this man that she, you know, they really, really love each other and want to uh, you know, create a a, a future together. You know, they want to to travel the world and, and make memories, you know, and eventually, you know, have kids and you know, she wants her kids to what you know grow up in a in a household where, uh, you know, it's a mother and a father. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because Sophie's thing is like, you know, I feel like there's a piece of me missing because she does not know who her father is, and it it, it, mm-hmm. it would be different if Donna actually like knew mm-hmm. and was keeping it from her. But the fact that Donna literally has no idea which one of them it is. It's like, what does Donna Chu do? You know, unless she's like, you know, contacts them and like, hey, we need to do a paternity test, which is very clinical. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's, you hear the story, you know, if you haven't seen the musical and you're just kind of like, well, that's the obvious answer, duh. But it's like, no, 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 no. That's not the point of of the thing. Because, I I mean, it's, it's, you know, like, like you said, it's, a fun way, you know, a fun way to, to do something with these songs. Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not turning this into days of our lives. We're turning, no, right. we're just, or the, just or a good time. the Maury Povich show. Yes. Oh, that, that too. Yeah. So that and too. so, you are a dad's father. And I think yeah. too, the way that the setup is, is I don't think the guys really want to know. It's just like, no, hey. She's all, she's our, all, claiming her as ours no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. They all they all grow to love her in their own way. You know, they all mm-hmm. at some point cared for her mom and yeah. you know, it kind of worked out that way. And mm-hmm. it just kind of reminds me of And she gets I mean, three get, dads out of the deal instead yeah, of or, you know, one father figure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of when so I don't know if anybody else did this. But when I was, oh, I'll say I was like high school, college, 
And I heard, you know, you listen to the radio, you have your favorite songs, you you do have all these things. And I don't know, I kind of started like making up stories to go along, or, you know, I, I cobbled together my favorite songs in a playlist. I did this a lot in college, because I did. And like, oh, you know, what's a good story that could go along with this? And it kind yeah. of is oh, sort of the yeah. same Yeah, I've idea. done that. Yep. Yeah. I've done it. Because, <laughs> you know, just it's a good time. It's, you just kind of, it's just, you mm-hmm. let your imagination go. So it's like, I think that's another reason why this is, you know, I feel like a lot of people do that. So I feel like, you know, maybe, and I don't know, I, I don't know if like jukebox musicals are kind of looked down on. So they're like, Oh, you didn't write this for us. I, I honestly don't know, but I could see that being the case, but I'm like, yeah, we're just having a good time here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end, she ends up with, you know, three dads. I mean, technically, one of them becomes her stepdad, legally. Uh, right. But still. <laughs> uh, and he could very well be her real dad, but uh, they just don't really. Yeah. Eh, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. At the end. Uh, yeah. And, and the thing is, is, is because all three guys are so different that you can't be like, it's that one. You know, because like Sam. um you know he's uh well in the in the film uh you know he's an architect um and um uh in the he's he's irish in the irish american in the film he's an american architect in the the stage musical harry is a, a british banker and bill is an australian writer and like adventurer like a travel type person um mm-hmm. and um you know harry it's kind of st- they they kind of lean to some stereotypes of like harry being a british baker he's very like stiff upper lip very put together uh you know wears suits and tie you know everything's always you know his shirts and everything are always pressed perfectly um kind of uptight <laughs> bill is very much the free spirit you know you kind of have to be being an you know an adventurer you know an adventure writer yeah. uh you know um and then sam is kind of in the middle um so uh like i said sophie has personality traits that could easily come from from all three of them it almost is like she is some sort of like weird like genetic something where should like they all mm-hmm. could be her father you know it's like right way yeah. that's actually possible but it almost seems like it could be <laughs> right so, yeah, exactly yeah yeah um this so. is our story dang it and this is how we're playing it <laughs> yeah yeah um the um because this this did start in the west end um you know the og uh cast yeah um and because of the time period i don't recognize any of the names <laughs> from uh really any of the either the original west end or the um uh original broadway cast um some of the other there's a few notables that have been in other stage productions um like i i recognize um um uh let's see here um 
uh, Duff Cameron, um, who was a former Disney Channel star, actually. <laughs> She's also on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, she played Sophie in one of the productions. Uh, Corbin Blue, who actually is also a former Disney star. <laughs> he played, he's played Sky in, in one of them. So, um, so yeah, the Sage, the, the Sage, uh, uh, productions um not a huge award winner and again chrissy that may you you may be onto something about you know because it's a jukebox musical i don't know um i don't know either it did it did get nominated for several tonys but it did not win um it did win um uh lawrence olivier award which is kind of their equivalent of the tonys um for best performance in a supporting role in a musical um and then it got several nominations best new musical best actress in a musical um it did win a touring broadway award for best musical score uh so so it's held some nominations um and has made a lot of money uh yeah so uh i guess at the end of the day as long as you're paying the bills uh that's all that matters yeah. so <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know i don't know how many uh, how many uh, meals an award buys you <laughs> yeah uh it's very popular in russia as of 2008 is the longest daily running show in history of russian theater <laughs> so yay uh good that the russians have some good taste when it comes to musicals i guess uh well, uh we're so, talking about but, culture russia russia actually does pretty well <laughs> yeah yeah um but of of course yeah, i think nowadays at least for americans uh if you uh talk if you not if you drop the the t- the title mama mia people's minds are gonna go to the films uh <laughs> the film adaptation um the uh first movie was released in 2008 uh so it's been 15 years um and um <laughs> you know I, I i have not seen the stage version yet uh i know it does vary um at least with some of the plot um from the from the stage version uh some of the music has been either switched around or some songs have been substituted for others that happens when you adapt stuff from stage to to screen um obviously when you're doing a musical um when you do have an advantage of being able to do a lot more like bigger more interesting looking stuff for the like musical numbers because you can move the camera around so you can change what the people see you can't do that on stage unfortunately um one thing that movie musicals have on uh stage musicals is the uh option to uh you know move around and do interesting mm-hmm. things um so yeah. but the cast yeah the cast <laughs> uh very uh very recognizable uh for the cast you have meryl streep 
who plays Sophie's mother, Donna, um, who, you know, this, uh, she may not be someone you immediately think of when you think of singers. She actually is quite good as a singer. Um, it is rather appropriate that we're talking about this, considering right now she is also a uh, guest starring on Only Murders in the Building, where uh, the play that they were doing is now being turned into a musical. So she's had a couple opportunities to sing on the show already um to to show off that that uh you know, beautiful voice of hers she's she's actually really good as as a singer so and she's not a bad dancer either i mean the dancing is kind of cheesy uh in the in the movie but it is what it is you can't when when everything feels like you should be doing disco and you got to fight that urge to be doing disco so. um and then you've got um uh, Amanda Seyfried as Sophie, um, which um this was the I think first time people had heard her sing and realized, oh my goodness, actually she kind kind of can sing. She has a very distinct mm-hmm. voice. She has this yes, she vibrato does. that she does with her voice, which probably can be a turnoff for some people, but um to me, it's very reminiscent of the singing voice for Snow White. Where it's this very, very feminine yeah. sound to it, with just a little bit of vibrato, just to give it a little bit of something. You know, just a little bit of vib- body. Uh, so, um, which I'm sure doing this helped her get the role in the the film version of Les Miserables where you know mm-hmm. all things considering she does a she does a pretty good job um so you've got uh Dominic Cooper as Sky Sophie's fiance who uh you know depending on who you are uh we all know him as uh young Howard Stark in the MCU <laughs> so yep throw the mustache on him and there you go you got tony stark's father um so uh and he he's pretty good too um you've got uh uh christine baranski as as tanya uh one of donna's uh friends the the uh the very uh wealthy uh rich three-time divorce a christine baranski she is a uh yeah she is definitely a uh, a triple threat <laughs> so um she is she's she's cut her chops on on broadway more than once so uh she fits right into this um i don't know much about rachel mcdowell who plays uh lisa one of sophie's friends or ashley lily sophie's other friend um yeah. but they they do pretty good uh julie walters plays rosie donna's other friend um she's a, an english actress um and you know cut her teeth and uh you know being british she's done the usuals you know <laughs> the stuff you'd expect a british actor or actress to do um so um and um Oh, she was um she's molly, molly weasley. weasley yeah in harry potter 
I was like, yeah, uh, I was like, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her anything outside of that. So like, I, I, well, you know, you say Molly Weasley, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, she was the voice of Mrs. Montague in Romeo and Juliet. Okay. So there's something else. So I haven't seen, and I haven't seen the Paddington movies yet. So yeah, she was in in Paddington. uh, But yeah, Yeah. she, she's one of those is like, she'll pop up every now and again. And you're like, oh yeah, it's Mrs. Weasley. Yeah, but but that's the only thing I know her from. So it's like, (laughs) sorry, it's like you got quite the you quite quite the resume there. I just have not seen most of it. Sorry. Yeah, Um, she's done a lot of. There's, I don't know if you watch if you watch British, most anything she'll she'll show up eventually. Yeah. Um, and you got uh, Stellan Skarsgård as Bill, one of the possible fathers, um, who. Yeah, uh, is from the the MCU <laughs> is Eric Selvig. Um, so, um, also played um, Bill Turner's dad in mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin Firth. Everybody knows Mr. Colin Darcy. Firth. Mr. Darcy. Also, also, also played uh, King George the Sixth in the King's. Mm-hmm. So we just right? we yeah. just did the king's speech on cold standard so yeah and you know um among five bazillion other things that he's in because he's in everything because he's he's colin firth um at yeah. stellan not too bad as a singer you know he's he's not terrible he's not fantastic either he's just okay you know he's entertaining enough though stellan Skarsgård's very mm-hmm. good about um yeah especially as as bill bill is very wild and carefree and just you know he's up for anything so um the fact that you know he can't necessarily belt it out doesn't matter because he's too busy having fun um yeah there is a there's there's certain there's certain kinds of um that actors who i call i call them they they, it's the genie effect so like mm -hmm. you know in aladdin robin williams saying friend like me Robin Williams didn't really sing that well, but he's having enough fun that you mm-hmm. don't care. And it's Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, so so I kind of shelved that in there like it's, you know, Robin Williams doing the genie, Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Johnson doing Maui, you know, and you're, you're, you're welcome and Moana and then there's mm-hmm. Colin Skarsgård doing this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's that kind of thing. And I'm sure there's a million other of them that we could think of. But that's kind of, it's like, you don't have to sing well, but if you sell it enough, you're and you know you're you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Colin Firth, on the other hand, he's actually pretty good. Yeah. So all things all things considered, he is he's not a bad he's not a bad singer. Um. So, um. Yeah. That's that's uh. And he's Colin Firth. Yeah. He's just charming. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Then we have Pierce Brosnan. I feel bad for him in this movie because, I mean, he's this—you know—he he played James Bond for crying out loud. The, the, yes, the, the, the dashing, suave. You know, like he just—it's yeah. the type he I played. Mean, I mean, Goldeneye, one of my absolute favorite Bond films of the entire franchise. Yeah, yes. he's a fantastic James Bond. <laughs> so. And he plays, the man you know, can't the, sing. No, <laughs> poor guy. I'm like, it was. It would have been okay to dub him over. I, I, I promise. Yeah, it would have been all right. 
Yeah. And the thing is, supposedly, like, he really did not know what he was signing on for. He just knew it was being filmed in Greece and Meryl Streep was starring in it. Uh. And he said he would have signed on for anything involving Meryl Streep. Well. So. You gave it your all, Pierce. We still love He it. did. That. Thankfully. And I say this is the nicest way possible. He doesn't do a lot of solo singing. So that's good. Because then he doesn't have to try to carry it much. However, he does have a couple of times where he is singing mostly by himself or because it's or it's a scene with his, uh, Sam and Donna. So when you put Pierce Brosnan's lack of singing prowess next to Meryl Streep's obviously very strong singing, it just makes him look sound even worse. Like I said, I feel bad for him. Yeah, I and, mean, and the, like, like, and I'm trying to think how to how, how to illustrate. Like, I, like before, I was saying with Stone Skarsgård, it's like, okay, yeah, you can't sing, but you know, you're having fun and you're carrying it. That also means. It, and and I'm like I don't know how this could have worked differently. I mean, if it was, but even but even I I also another one I put in that category is uh, Michael Caine at the end of Muppet Christmas Carol singing Thankful mm-hmm. Heart, and then that scene he's like, you know, Scrooge is just he's he's overjoyed, he's happy, and it's like he's singing because he's happy, not because he necessarily can sing, and it's. And it's kind of like, you know, with the, with the Pierce Brosnan one, it's like, I, I don't know if it needed more emotion or more this, or if he was too worried about, you know, not singing very well or what the deal is. But it's just like there was something that some some direction or something that could have that could have helped him out or, you know, they just could have had someone else do it and dub it over. Yeah. Or I don't know, so cast somebody no else who can sing. Well, like I don't know, I don't know what the impetus was for hiring Pierce Brosnan if they knew he couldn't sing. So it's like because he because he was he was a big leading man. Well, yeah, yeah, kind of at the time he still was. Yeah. And he's handsome and charming and and just yeah. got you know he's and he's gonna play this particular role and sweep the lady off her feet and that kind of thing so i don't know yeah so it's like if that's what you need then yeah yeah it's just it's just one of those things where it's like you know he's he's nice to look at uh oh yeah yeah. (laughs) you know and, and maybe you know if he had songs that were opportunities for him to have more fun uh-huh. you know because like yeah you know, Stellan Skarsgård is doing you know more fun you know type mm-hmm. stuff because you know it, you know towards towards the end you know Rosie decides that she she thinks Bill is you know everything uh so <laughs> you know you've got you got Rosie chasing after Bill singing take a chance on me and finally he kind of acquiesces <laughs> so you know it's all kind of it's all kind of good um 
but like almost every song that Sam is involved with and where it's not a big group number, like when they do voulez-vous and it's like everybody, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, or even our last summer, he doesn't have a whole lot to sing. You know, Colin Firth actually carries that one, most of it. But mm -hmm. the, the the songs he has against Meryl Streep, they're more serious. So yeah. he can't even it, like be having fun to try and you know yeah like, I, I know you're doing you know uh, you know <laughs> so the, the big like, emotional romantic yeah. number and it's like oobly <laughs> yeah yeah so it's what just is... yeah and and un unfortunately you know from from what i've seen it's like everybody is like oh it's you know like meryl streep she's so much fun and who knew amanda seyfried could sing like that and then and they're like and then there's pierce brosnan and like he like everybody's opinion of his singing just like drags the whole thing down which is very unfortunate oh yeah so um because you know it's not like he was phoning it in you know, he, oh, he no. generally seemed like he would, you know, he's generally seemed like he enjoyed himself. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have come back for the sequel. Uh, yeah, like so. he, was belt, he was belting them out. Just, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. well. like I said, but I feel bad just... for him, but uh, he, is, he is very pretty to look at. Yes. Yeah, he is. A, he's a very good-looking man. Uh, <laughs> so, um. And so he he did end up winning best supporting actor uh, golden raspberry for that though <laughs> so. that's his way uh, uh, right yeah yeah and then 10 years later they decided they needed to do a sequel uh like you do which like mm -hmm. which again you don't want to take it seriously because when and you start looking into it, you realize that like as far as like the timeline is every is concerned, the, the continuity is just totally screwed up. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. again, you just kind of, the 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 uh, the uh, the the plot is just the thing to get you to the next musical now. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, oh. mm -hmm. But we get to show off more of the the ABBA catalog. Because uh, this bounces between the current time period, uh, you know, Sophie and Sky did eventually get married. Um, unfortunately, Donna has passed away, and Sophie has taken over the, you know, the the hotel on the on the island and is working on doing all of the upgrades and improvements her mother always wanted to do, just never had the money for it. Um, you know, to to bring it to its full glory um but in the process sky has been off in new york learning about the hotel business but then there's a possibility he could work there they went off him a job but it's like no she wants to stay here in greece you know complete her mother's dream um and at the same time she finds out she's pregnant <laughs> thankfully you know she's married with a husband she knows who the father is uh, <laughs> um but you know she's now pregnant and is going to become a mother and she doesn't have her own mother there to help her go through this experience and in the process we get flashbacks of younger donna rosie tanya bill harry and sam 
um, and how each of, you know, they met and Donna's encounters with them, uh, her intimate encounters with them, um, and, uh, yeah, how she ended up on Greece and becoming the owner of the, the property that becomes the hotel and everything. So we get to see Donna's story at you know the age that sophie kind of is now and becoming a mother and uh that sort of thing but this time uh because her mother's not there again being surrounded by both family and found family so tanya and rosie come back because they're preparing for the big grand reopening of the of the hotel um so both tanya and rosie come to help support um sam is there uh yeah because yeah he and donna had gotten married <laughs> at the end of the, the first movie um uh so as as sophie's stepfather you know he's he's stuck around um and he's also technically sky's father-in-law um uh so you've got uh you know the entire cast returns you know, Christine Baranski is Tanya, Pierce Brosnan is Sam, Dominic Cooper is Sky, Colin Firth comes back as Harry. Um, we get some Meryl Streep in some kind of towards the end, some ghosty type stuff. Um, we get Lily James as young Donna in in the flashbacks. Um, so um of course, Amanda Seyfried as as Sophie. We get Stellan Skarsgård back as Bill. Um, you know, Julie Waters back as as Rosie. Um, and then we are um, introduced to um, Andy Garcia um, as Senor Fernando, the manager of the hotel. Uh, very charming as andy garcia can be and then we have Cher as ruby sheridan donna's mother and sophie's grandmother <laughs> so. which her uh, donna only mentions her mother as her mother uh in the first one um so but we get officially introduced to her in in this one so um but we get some more uh, again, more of the the ABBA catalog, a bit more, I think, deeper cuts because most of the the uh, recognizable ones were used in the first one. Uh, yeah. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because ABBA has a decent sized catalog. Uh, mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I do get my favorite song properly as a musical number in this one, so I will give it that. We do get Waterloo. Uh, mm -hmm. with young Harry and young Donna in Paris. Uh, very appropriate. Talking about Napoleon. Why not do the number in Paris? Uh, so, um, you know, we get Mamma Mia again. Uh, Dancing Queen again. Uh, we get Fernando as a, uh, as a duet between Cher and Andy Garcia. <laughs> so, because it turns out that Ruby and fernando knew each other wink wink nudge nudge say no more back in the day and there's a fan theory that fernando 
could have been Donna's father. Oh, interesting. Again, theory. the timing doesn't necessarily match up. So I'm sure that's why they never bothered to like actually insinuate maybe that more. But <laughs> but the whole idea was that when Donna discovered she was pregnant, Ruby disowned her. Uh, you know, because she was an unmarried mother. Um, but you know, if you think about it, that it could have been somewhat hypocritical because if she did the same thing, you know, she had the spling with Fernando and got pregnant with Donna and then never told him, then so uh I just think it's funny because Cher is just, you know, she just she comes she when she finally appears in the film, you know, because she she shows up to the the grand opening party of the hotel, even though Sophie literally ripped up her rep her invitation before it went out to the before the invites went out to the 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 post office. <laughs> Cause she was like, ah, eh, she'll know she doesn't show up for anything anyway. So she's like, why bother? Um and then you know, she shows up and she's she's Cher essentially you know she's just like i am here i'm fabulous and there is nothing you can do about it which you know mm -hmm. i'm totally i'm totally here for i've seen Cher live she is wonderful she's a great performer um and definitely can sing um you know it's it's almost a shame that she only really gets fernando to to show off her singing chops <laughs> so <laughs> um uh but yeah the 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 whole idea that uh you know the sophie and you know sky get their shit figured out um you know and then ruby is like you know i want to have a, a relationship with my my granddaughter um and you know she gets to reconnect with <laughs> fernando um and um sophie and sky end up having a baby boy named donnie yeah, on honor of Donna. Um and um you know, they have the, the christening, Don Donnie's christening in the same church that Sky and Sophie were gonna get married in, uh, but that Donna and Sam did get married in. Um so it's a nice little you know, full circle, you know, the circle of life, but in this case with ABBA music. Uh, <laughs> and again you know found family actual family the kind mm -hmm. of the same idea you know making your way through life and making your own story you know donna mm -hmm. decided that she wanted to you know her mother really didn't seem to give a crap about her anyway she didn't bother to show up to her college graduation um you know she never showed up to anything during donna's life uh so don was like i'm gonna go out and create my own story my own destiny and that's what she did and now sophie is doing the same thing you know she's helping complete her mother's story by you know finishing the renovations on the hotel and turning it into the thing that her mother always dreamed of but at the same time forging her own path with her husband by you know having a child um who presumably will grow up in a family with you know two very loving parents and a lot of not necessarily blood related but very attentive aunts and uncles uh, yes <laughs> yeah you know, 
one step grandfather and two um you know not legal honorary grandfathers honorary <laughs> grandfathers you know yep. one very fabulous great grandmother uh yes <laughs> so and a couple of crazy aunties in tanya and rosie so mm -hmm. uh <laughs> uh so and again you know the the, the singing the dancing yeah you're getting the you know very similar performances you know in the in the 10 years between movies uh, unfortunately uh pierce brosnan does not become any better of a singer uh but he still tries you know he's still there for it you know so you know, we'll give him that mm -hmm. um you know it it, it is a, a shame i don't you know that uh you know we kind of lose out on meryl streep um because of them you know killing off donna but we get young donna which lily james does a fantastic job um carrying her mm -hmm. own as as young donna and really all six of our younger you know in the flashbacks the guys could be younger versions of their older counterparts mm -hmm. seriously with some of their they, mannerisms yeah i mean especially young um harry mm -hmm. like if i yeah, just if i close my eyes and just listen to the guy talk i would swear that is a young colin first mm -hmm. so <laughs> like his the way he talks it is like the the cadence of the way he talks and even some of his body language it's like he watched everything Colin Firth had ever done up until that point. It was like, I got this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all all six of them do really, really good jobs of being the, the younger counterparts of, of these very recognizable actors and actresses. You know, like, hey, do you want to play essentially a young Meryl Streep? <laughs> you know, and you're like accurate. How many actresses would be like, what, maybe? You know? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Meryl Streep, are you kidding? Where do I uh, sign up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, so it is it is uh yeah. Did, did, did we need a second one? No. Um, but um I it's it's just it's so much fun again you know yeah they are they're not films meant to be taken seriously you're you're mm -mm. it's it's the type of movie you put on while you're doing something else because you don't need to be watching it you are there for the soundtrack really more than anything exactly. so it's like yep. you want to be folding laundry and have mama mia on at the same time go right on ahead you're, you're gonna have that you're gonna get all those socks sorted before you even know it yep so you actually have a fun time doing too yes and yeah exactly so um but i'm very excited to finally see the stage version when it comes through next year um it, for all of its all of its fantasticness that I'm sure it will be. I'm gonna find like the biggest bell bottoms I can get my hands on, or something to wear when we go. 
<laughs> I need something fabulous that ABBA would be proud of. Something uh, sparkly. To go, yes, that mm-hmm. too. I need, I need very, very wide pant legs and lots of sparkle. Um, and I will be, I will be set. And hey, like I said, it's around my birthday, so yeah. Not that I need an excuse, but that's a really good reason to get all crazy yeah. dolled up for, uh, you know, a, a few hours at the theater for live theater. <laughs> so I'm already going to see if Frozen you, later this year. So yeah. If you get all dolled up in your seventies, get up. Uh, I want to see you get Chauncey. <laughs> yes. And pictures. Yes. Uh, I think we're gonna have to uh well I think we've got some time between now and then I can work on it. So okay. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. But yeah, I just uh, you know I highly recommend like if you're just a fan of you know musicals that are you know fun are gonna get your toe tapping. Um and you just want to have a good time both movies yeah again not oscar winning performances but they are just so much fun as it is abba you know yeah you could easily go to spotify or whatever and listen to abba that way which is perfectly fine as well um you know i do that too i've got some abba on some of you know on some of my uh, custom playlist on spotify um but even with jukebox musicals there's there's something about when they're adapted into something like this um in into uh, something with a plot you know it's kind of like you're saying chrissy when you think you, know, you hear certain lyrics and you just kind of make up a story with it there's something about them being presented in that fashion that it just it hits different mm-hmm. um and i i think they're really cool so um that that's my two cents and i really love abba too so <laughs> i don't know they really enjoyed they they're they're happy with the to to do the musical and to to see it be so successful and stuff so and apparently um if they ever decide to make a third one which i don't know why they would um I mean, I'm sure they could come up with something resembling a plot. Uh, although Amanda Seyfried has, has said that she doesn't, she's not sure if there's enough unused ABBA music left. <laughs> I know. I'm just kind of like, hey, now we're like going to have to go into like, okay, yeah, guys, what do you have like, that you that you were like drafts that you never got? Recorded? Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, ABBA is back, so mm-hmm. then there's new music that they yes. could they could use so it doesn't have to be the 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 og you know classic era abba catalog necessarily um because they are back uh which is good for us as a society um i follow them on tiktok if you're on tiktok make sure you're following abba uh, <laughs> uh but uh julie walters who is retired actually said that uh that is the only reason she would come out of retirement is to do a third mama me move so well in that case <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i just oh. think i come up with something and but you know bring share back 
and find a way that you yes. share some more because mm-hmm. she's fabulous and i think that she needs more opportunities to <laughs> to uh to sing so not that there's anything wrong with fernando but i know what i like i said i've seen share live i know what she's capable of so i am here for it i'm even here for pierce brosnan yeah mm-hmm. like just stand there and let me look at you yeah yes. yeah that may be you know if you're folding socks or something that maybe the time maybe you want to take a break and maybe do some more visual intake instead of yep. auditory as when pierce brosnan is singing you can just be like pretty boy i, I have to admit i Hibs have to bond. admit it, yeah i have to admit it feels weird that i i i, I find pierce brosnan uh, attractive because my mom um that was the only reason that was the only way my dad could get her to go see james bond movies and to this day he is her favorite <laughs> i'm like well you know mom you have good taste <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's uh there's 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 uh i don't see any issue with that so he is <laughs> he yeah. is like um I don't know. He's something. He's I trying yeah. to come up with. I'm trying to come up with some sort of food metaphor where he's like he's good for all, all sorts of 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 palates. Pick your pick your food that you think is appropriate for that metaphor that I'm struggling with. Uh-huh. Buttery chops, which yes doesn't seem like it should work, but in my head it works. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably uh-huh. wrap this up before yeah. we get a little too punchy uh, anyway punchy, punchy yeah punchy and punchy anyway if any of our listeners have seen mama mia either film stage or just want to chime in on their whatever feedback uh, strikes your fancy of anything if you were at popcon want to you know you are standing in in michael roker's shadow and got <laughs> hit with the with the giggle bomb or whatever it is uh, send us some feedback and tell us all about it our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com you can also visit our website our website which is the fiveishfangirls.com and there ha- there are links to our social media and you can leave comments and things you can also find our show notes so like all the videos and whatnot that we've referenced here will be linked there as well and earlier we talked about our Patreon, where we have the um, uncensored video of Michael Rooker picking our raffle winner. So if you want, if you want more quality content like that, which I it is high quality, yeah, it is. You want you you want You're not, you, I can guarantee no one else is going to have video like that. <laughs> Nope, not even the that circle city true. ghostbusters their their experience was just as unhinged but different than ours so in a different yeah. way so yeah so you want to you want to get in on that patreon action so you can you can join and help support the podcast through that um like i said on our website it's all linked there and as always we thank you for listening we thank you for your support for your feedback uh comments patreon support whatever it is because 
it's just good to know there are people out there who are enjoying the shenanigans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I hope, all right. Hope you all take care of this. Yes. So. All right. Well, we're gonna sign off for this week so I can get some much needed rest. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> quite the quite the episode. Yeah, it's quite the weekend. <laughs> that too. That too. That too. You you need you need your sleep. Yep. All right. Well, this is Chrissy saying good night, Salt Lake City. Sleep this is Holly. Yep. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Annapolis, Indiana, reminding everyone to help control the pet population and make sure to spay and neuter your pets. Thank you for listening to The Five-ish Fangirls. Please visit thefiveishfangirls.com for details on how to further support the show along with information on our nonprofit Fangirls Give Back. We love our Five-ish fam and appreciate all of your feedback, shares, and encouragement. Remember to keep letting your geek flag fly. Mm-hmm.